Black African Power. What's good? What's happening? A well-organized lie defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo-hoo-wee. Man, y'all already know what it is, man. Dog killer in the house. Look, man. Coming to do what we got to do. We're going to do what we got to do. We standing tall. We standing strong. Look, man. I'm a raw squad up, man. Hey, man. Welcome to Pseudo Killers, right? And that's what we do around here. We kill pseudos immediately. This is what you got to understand. So let's get straight to it. Y'all know the title of the show. Why Netanyahu is a damn pseudo. You feel me? Y'all already know this, right? So we're going to get right into it. And, you know, I'm glad, you know, Brother Saul, Brother Sinjetti, Brother Wuja, man, appreciate the work. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate the work, man. You know what I'm saying? And the whole debate supposed to be, it's in the damn title what we really talking about right here in this work. All right? Contribution to the debate on the meaning of the place name Kemet. We got the author's names right here. All right? Matter of fact, this is an abridged version of a larger upcoming work. I'm hoping my work get accepted in this. So, you got Sanjeti Ankra, Wuja, and Brother Saul. All right? Man, Shemu Hiru Research Team. Plain and simple. So, you know, it's a lot of this fraudulent scholarship going around. Misinformation being put out in our community. And I just hate to say it. You know, like, Ned, man, that's my man. You know what I'm saying? But in this thing, man, ain't no friends when it comes to this scholarship thing. I never signed up, you know what I'm saying, not to bring the truth because somebody was my friend. That ain't what I signed up for, right? But, you know, when you start making accusations about plagiarism, you know what I'm saying, and not call the brothers and figure out what's going on, then I'm thinking you got some extraordinary shit going on with you. Some shit I wasn't aware of. So when you attack, you know what I'm saying, the work, right? When you attack my friends, you're attacking me. It's just that simple. This is how we rolling. Y'all know we're intellectual gunfighters, and this is exactly what we goddamn do. So we can just get right to it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, first of all, let me say what's good. I hear you, Sean. What's up with you, brother? Monster Clan Warrior. I see you in here. How you doing, brother? Chilling God killer. Peace, peace. Yep. Oh, I see my man, Double Like Architect. How you doing, brother? Peace. I just saw y'all go live now. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Yeah, I, I had texted you earlier about, about what was happening. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, no. How you doing, Mr. Wuja? I'm a raw squad up. All right, I'm here. Yeah, I'm a raw squad up. Peace to the panel. Peace to you. Peace to uh, you, X, uh, Sean, and to, the list, and to the listeners. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get it in. Let's get it in. Very light work, right? Um, subject matter is very clear so my first question you Wuja, because i got fucking confused watching the sarnetta joint i got confused i'm trying to figure out what i thought i knew what the damn debate was about when i got to listen to that and i saw saying scratch my head 
what the hell is the damn debate about? The first thing I want to ask is, I had to write some shit down because I got confused. Are y'all talking about the people of the goddamn place, Wuja? Help me out, bro. Because for that, I thought that y'all was fighting over the damn people being called black. What is what, what is this? What is y'all talking about, Wuja? Seriously, man. Because Nav got me confused. All jokes aside, bro. Seriously. Somewhere I can look in the book. And I only think Nav got the book. That's some bullshit. Y'all got to stop. This, hey, hey, Mr. Net and Nav. Stop debating dudes until you get their work and read their work, bro. Seriously. You didn't, you didn't pull it up one time. You got to cut that out, too, Reggie. Throwing batteries in people back, too. I know you're throwing the batteries. <laughs> I know you're throwing the batteries. I can smell them all the way. <laughs> throwing the battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But y'all in hot water at this point. Hmm. Go ahead, brother. Uh, brother Wuja, I want to know what the hell, because I'm thinking y'all saying that Kemet don't mean black people. That's what I'm thinking, based off what I'm hearing. Wow. Very interesting. So what I need to know, like, how long has Ned and Ned been actually studying the language? That got something to do with this conversation here. Well, sometimes, sometimes, right? We all wild damn skis. Sometimes we do just a little bit too much. Last time I check around here, we're not supposed to debate those who are not our equals on said subject matter. Y'all heard this before. Last time we did that, dealing with uh 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 Sarah Stupid Setti and Buzz Goddamn Light Years, them niggas was ready to fight. It tore the communion half. So the pseudo-splitting went with them, right? And the people that want to be dedicated to real African information, scholarly information, scientific literacy, went this way. So you know it was like this, because most of y'all, you know what I'm saying, and I'm talking about the ones that hate science, don't even want to hear about science. But this particular conversation dealing with linguistics is a scientific argument because you do use a scientific process. And if you don't understand that process, you're going to be in trouble. So I'm just trying to figure out how many years, Brother Ned and Nev, have you actually been working on this? Now, I remember your first book you wrote. Where's that right now? And I was thinking, I was thinking, I seen talent in that and that. And I say, man, he can, man, this nigga is sharp. He can get that. But you left five classes too early, bro. Five, six, seven, eight classes a little bit too early. Now you just stepped in a situation where you're in deep water. Now you're surrounded. Now you done put out some information and we got it. Matter of fact, You've been getting the brakes beat off you with this particular conversation. You and Reggie been getting beat up. Reggie got beat up for eight hours straight the other night, the other day, during the day. Eight, a whole eight-hour show, he didn't got beat up for another two hours. Reggie, Ned and Ned, and Mario B been getting beat up. I mean, all the way up. Make sure y'all go to the Shawshank YouTube channel. That's living proof right there. Make sure you go to a Saho Tef's channel. Break out your little book. Break out your book. Right? 
with some paper and pen. We do, do like this. This is how we do. So you know a nigga got beat up. You go get the thing, and you start taking notes. It got beat up. Man, Mario Beattie, Dr. Mario Beattie got beat up. And I ain't just saying it. It is what it is. Shot the guns out of his hand. Right about his mind. Trust me when I tell you that. We fight with our minds around here. Y'all know what it is. All you got to do is start taking notes. You're very, very confusing, Mr. Ned and Ned. You're very, very confusing. I'm thinking the conversation is about black people and if the word can mean black people. That's not the goddamn conversation. The conversation is right on here, man. It's right here. And none of y'all addresses that. Why is that? Is it just me? The contribution to the debate on the meaning of the place name Kemet. That's what the conversation is about. Why aren't they addressing that? Man, hey, let me say something. Let me say something. Rob Bourne came on and asked the question. He was like, well, based off what I'm looking at, what I can see in some dictionaries, that basically, basically, the word Kemet could have several different meanings to it. And all of a sudden, Nab couldn't hear the question. All of that, Nab. Come on, bro. Are you making a mistake here? Does the listening audience know, right, that the word Kemet could mean several things? The same way I could say bear and bear. Am I talking about the bear and the force? Why is it I can't bear that dumbass shit y'all be talking about over there, Mr. Muriel, Dr. Beatty, Mr. Reggie, New York Reggie, and that and that. So now I'm starting to question your ability to reason and your scholarship on said subject. Now I got to start looking at you a whole different way. Man, you got to go back to school, man. You got to do something better than that, man. Like you're not comprehending what's really going on around you. Instead of sitting back, reading the work, you come out on the work you ain't read yet, man. Who does that? That's your first mistake. And that right there, I cannot respect. You supposed to at least show this. Boom. Do like this. Yeah, he plagiarized right here. Bam. He did that. Man, you know how we train around here, man. And you know that's what you're supposed to do. I was waiting for that. I said, I know my man Nav got the book. And I know he's going to show us the page number of the damn book that he claimed they, they goddamn plagiarized from. And then you start talking about an online dictionary. You can't even plagiarize a goddamn glyph. How the hell can you plagiarize a glyph? Where you, hey, Wuja, where you at, bro? Yeah, I'm here. I was waiting for you to get it all out, man. <laughs> because I'm saying, man, because it's just, it's just like, like, like the brothers, man. Y'all did a whole show yesterday on Shawshank Money Metanetcher, man, and you damn near prophesized this shit. I think you'd be cheating over there, Wuja. How in the hell you do a goddamn video talking about every goddamn thing that they never talking about? Look at the date on it. 
before he go on Sarnetta's show and you didn't even know Sarnetta was going to have a goddamn show now. How in the hell did you do that? I can tell you how you know that. Because you've been following the goddamn foolery, pseudo-ship, that has been putting out on the subject so you already know what he's going to say. He don't want to debate you. Just like Reggie got beat, batted, and bruised on the Dagger Squad for eight hours. He got beat up so bad that I goddamn fell asleep on the goddamn show in the middle of the deck, sitting in the goddamn car. That's how I wooed y'all knew what you was going to say. He like 10 steps ahead of that game on that. Watch. First question. Thought I asked for you ignored the first goddamn question. Yo. First question, man. Why in the hell did y'all write the book, bro? Because Ned and Ned said y'all wrote the book to uh, escape plagiarism. No, my, my fault. He claims y'all wrote the book, right, so that nobody would scrutinize y'all. Peer review. Hold on, let me do this. That shit sounds stupid coming in my goddamn mouth. Let me turn the fucking light on. Natanab claims y'all wrote the book so y'all could escape. So that y'all could escape. Peer review. Who in the hell writes a book to escape plagiarism? What in the hell is going on around here today? If you want to escape critique and peer review, you just talk, 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 talk. Like y'all doing over there. Like Reggie, 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 Reggie. You talk, 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 talk. That a nab. You talk, 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 talking. The man ain't going to debate you because you ain't got no work on the subject matter to debate. How the hell are you going to debate a nigga who ain't got nothing in writing that you can look at and see? YouTube videos. Really, that's how we're doing it now, right? That ain't the level we're inspired to be. We inspire literature around this motherfucker. That's what we do. We fucking inspire literature. You know what I'm saying? We walking in the footsteps of the greats. You know what I'm saying? They inspire literature. This is the fuck we do around here. For all y'all that want to get slick, think y'all scholars, we inspire to write literature like our ancestors did. This is what the level is. This is what we do. We do this. You feeling me right now? Do you get it? Yeah, let, let me let me let me get it. Let me get it. Uh pass me. I ask the question and I'm getting hotter and hotter. You know what I'm saying? They just bananas. So why the hell you write the book though, Wuja? All right, all right. So you gave me the ball. All right. So let me <laughs> let me go at it for a second. You mute my goddamn self out. <laughs> you wrote a book to escape peer review. The hell with it. I'm muted out on that. All right. So then right. I got I got about three, four more questions for you too, bro. Go okay. ahead. Why you write the book? All right, no problem. Uh First, before I answer that question, let me just tell your listeners uh, on, on who listening now, who's paying attention, that um, Netanyahu has asked me, he, Netanyahu has asked me to debate him over and over and over again to the point where he's begging. And he keep asking me to debate him. And I keep telling him that I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach, I'm willing to teach him. And I told him that I do not see him as an equal or my peer. He is not competent or proficient enough for me to deem him as somebody that I should debate. And I told him this many, many times on Facebook where he keeps begging me to debate him and to the point where now the brother blocked me. So he, so I'm blocked from, from his uh, page 
I've been blocked for a good minute now. So I don't even see anything he posts or whatever the case is, and I don't really care. So, but that's that. But it, but me, my dealing with Ned and Neb goes back a long, a, a, a long while ago. When I first ran into him, he was defending the Nuwabian doctrine. And so me being an ex-Nuwabian, and he was defending the doctrine when I was pointing out some the problems with the Nuwabian doctrine, he got beat up on that. And ever since then, he pretty much had had a, a screw face towards me, even though we've never met each other. So I don't have any ill feelings towards the brother that and personally, I don't know him. But ever since then, the brother has had this little show, uh, chip on his shoulder uh, with me. So, but that goes way back before he was even calling himself Ned and Ned. Just to kind of give y'all a little history. I think he was uh, something Hartley L on, on uh, Facebook. So, so we go way back there. And so just to kind of let everybody know that, that because I refuse to debate him, because I don't see him as, as somebody worthy to debate, and he keeps begging, and, I, and I, I said, don't even use my name and the word debate in the same sentence. So what he's doing now is he thinks that he can holler plagiarism, and then that's a way to like push a button and then get me to debate because he wanted me to come on to Sarnetta's platform and debate or whatever when I keep telling him that you're not worthy to debate. Bring me your teachers. Don't bring me you. you, you, you I don't see you as my equal. I will deal with your teachers, not you. All right. That's one thing. Second, the brother Nedineb definitely has a chip on his shoulder about me because he lied to people publicly and told people that I got kicked out of Dr. Vakati Amin's group or class or whatever the case is. That never, ever happened. Matter of fact, when I when I heard about that, I called Dr. Vakati Amin on the phone and talked to her for about 40 minutes and showed her what Nedineb said in the whole nine. And she was blown away that he would even say that didn't agree with it and didn't agree with his antics and his tactics of how he carries himself. All right. But Dr. Vakati Amin, being who she is, a sweet <clears throat> uh, person who's very um, thoughtful and gentle. She, you know, she, she stays out of the drama, so she ain't going to say anything. But, you know, I talked to her. She told me, hey, don't even worry about it. So she advised me, don't even worry about it. Don't even say anything. You know, she's used to that kind of stuff. And, you know, that that comes with the territory, blah, blah, blah. So she told me and I said, OK, and I respect it. And I, I said nothing of it. But I did tell her that if <laughs> if it grows legs, I'm going to say something. So I just want to give people a little backdrop of of what's going on, you know, it's not just about the information uh, for, for some people. Now, with me, you know, I could, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So I just want to give people that little brief little um, um, history. All right. And plus, I got docu I got documentation of, of a lot of conversations that um, Ned and Ned was involved with on Facebook to show his character, to show how he just, you know, just goes ballistic on people. And this down, this down, I'm going to provide PDFs. I'm going to put it all into a big, big PDF. <laughs> And uh, and put it together so pe if people want to uh, check all that stuff copies. over the years, over the years. <laughs> no, all right, but let me let me get to your your question though. So so you said that he he says that we wrote the book to avoid um, peer review or criticism, and that's that's backwards because you 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 wouldn't put anything in a book if you're trying to avoid something like you 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 would like you said we would just talk 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 and not write 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 and so 
But the reason why, here's the answer to your question of why we wrote the book. We wrote the book and we tell everybody why we wrote the book in the book, in the introduction in the book. If Nedineb would have read the book, it would say clearly why we wrote the book. So, so let me just give a little chronology and a little, a little backdrop uh, to answer the question. Um, the, the question on the meaning of the place name Kemet is a, is a long-standing debate in the, in the scholarly community, okay? It's been going on for a long time. And, and mind you, everything I'm saying right now is in the intro, is in the introduction to our book. But because it's been ongoing, um, Nedineb jumps into the conversation late last year and challenges Asar Imhotep to a debate. And so Asar was like, man, he's doing the same thing with me. Like he keeps begging for these debates. So Asar saw it as a moment to, to teach and to introduce some new concepts to people. So he took uh, Nedineb's offer to have a private, first it was going to be a private debate among some anonymous uh, judges. Like he wouldn't even say who the judges were or none of that stuff. It was supposed to be on um, a BB Toomey website. We know that's uh, Dr. Cambone's um, brainchild, but the judges were anonymous and the whole thing. So Asar was like, well, I'll tell you what, I, I'll do it, but it's not going to be private. So Asar broadcasted on his channel. So that video is still up on Asar Imhotep's channel. So if y'all want to check that out, go back and check that out. So after that incident, Nedineb claims victory. And like, for example, what Nedineb shows is like he'll show, and I, and I think I heard him show it today. I couldn't see what he was showing, but I, but I heard him, what he said. He said, Dr. Rakete Amin agrees with him. And I think he showed Dr. Rakete Amin's words. But what I want everybody to understand and go back to the video, Dr. Rakete Amin never even looked at Asar's presentation. So the question is, how can Dr. Rakete Amin say whose argument was was uh, whose argument prevailed if she only saw one argument? So Dr. Rakete Amin is not judging the debate, if that's what you want to call it, because Asar doesn't see didn't see it as a debate. But if you're going to call it a debate and then and then um, try to use Dr. Rakete Amin as a person to to say, OK, uh, Nedineb won and Asar didn't and so on and so forth. Why is Dr. Rakete Amin herself saying that she didn't even uh, get a chance to see Asar's presentation? So so that was that's crazy. That's insane. So so Dr. Rakete Amin is not saying Nedineb won a debate or any of that. She just said Nedineb did a good job or whatever the case is because that's all she saw. All right. So I want everybody to peep that. But now so from there. Um, then the brother Reggie comes into the into the picture. And so Reggie wants to challenge Asar. And so we invited um, Reggie on our channel to give give him a chance to give his presentation. And Reggie failed during that presentation. And so you have two presentations, Nedineb and Asar at the same time. Then Reggie comes on our channel, gives his presentation. We just give commentary about how Reggie failed miserably and so on and so forth. And then fast forwarding. Now, mind you, after that, Nedineb makes a whole bunch of videos. Uh, Reggie doesn't have a channel, um, but they but they go on tour. <laughs> they go on tour on all these other platforms and stuff like that. Go on, uh, what's his name? Kalam, Kalam's uh, Titans TV, go on Sarnetta and all these different platforms to take a tour. 
um, afterwards. But let's fast forward it. So then we come into the to 2019 because that was late. That was uh, 2018. Then we come into 2019. And so Reggie pulls some strings and he puts the question or the topic on the floor of, of the ASCAT conference. So the ASCAT conference takes place in April. And so we were invited to come and present at the ASCAT conference in April. And so the way the way things were, were organized was that we were allowed, we were going to be allowed 15 to 20 minutes to give a presentation. Now, on a topic like this, there is no way in anybody's imagination that you can cover this kind of topic uh, in 15 to 20 minutes. No way. So it was never styled as a debate. So need, people need to stop calling the ASCAC thing as a debate. That's not how you do a debate. It was never called a debate and so on and so forth. So nobody won anything there. It was just it was just come to present information. And so I couldn't make it to the to to the uh, to the event. So what we decided to do, um, whether I made it or not, what we did was we wrote essays to supplement the presentation because the presentation time would have been so short. So all we were going to do was put our presentations in writing so people can have something tangible to read and take home with them in order to follow along with the arguments and be caught up to speed. So that that was the purpose of the book. So the book is simply a complement to the presentations that took place at ASCAC. That's why we wrote the book. We didn't write the book to avoid nothing, to avoid criticism or none of that stuff. And all of this is in the intro of the book of why we wrote the book. And it's just a preliminary because in the introduction to the book, we tell people that we're working on a larger work that we're trying to have published by the fall of this year. That's going to cover all, ev all everything about this topic. So there was no intention, no, no being scared to, to avoid critique or any of that stuff. The book was simply produced to bring the people up to speed on the subject matter. Like right now, there, there's people, I'm sure people who were listening to the presentation on Sonetta's tonight, they really don't know what the arguments and stuff are. And so that's why we wrote the book. So so instead of spreading out doing video after video, and by the way, the brother that Neb says we don't do YouTube video stuff. We put we we uh uh write in journals and stuff like that. But yet this guy is doing video after video after video after video. So all these videos are spread out all over the place and over a period of time. Nobody's gonna get what's what the subject matter is. Like that's confusing people. So so that's another reason why we wrote the book. It's, it's just to get people up to speed on the arguments and what we're actually saying. And it's an introductory to the bigger picture uh, of what's to come in the fall when we produce a bigger work where we're going to we're going to cover every single thing. So that's the purpose of the book. That's why we wrote the book. All right. It's about 100 pages. It ends up being 100 pages. And see, the way we originally were writing it was. That is me, Sanjeti, and Asar Motep. And we and we we wrote it to where we flow with one another. And it was supposed to be written as if it's, you know, it's just one flowing book with four sections in it. But then at the last minute, I think Asar decided to 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 make it into like call them essays, like separate essays, instead of instead of just one long flow 
with three authors as contributors. Okay, so that was the the structure of the book. The structure of the book was originally going to be just one, one you know, one continuous uh, flow of information with Miyasar and Sanjeti as being the authors of that one, uh, you know, one long flowing uh, piece of work. But then it was uh, restructured to make it into like four essays to kind of let people know um, uh, the, the different sections and be able to follow the different sections of, of the book. All right. So that's that's why we wrote the book. So hope, hopefully that that answers the question why we wrote the book. And if people get the book, because it's on Amazon right now, if you don't have it, shame on you. If you if you if you have it, good to go. Look at the intro. Turn to the intro. Read the intro. Everybody, in my, I, I I don't even have to say it. Um, you got the book in your hand. You'll see right there in the intro where we explain. Asar goes through the whole backdrop of how the why we're even uh, talking about this. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, I, you know, I had my essay. I was supposed to put in there. I just my, my essay wasn't finished yet. So. I was doing the whole scientific racism piece. So, so let, let me let me let me tell people. So this is this Man. is the way, this is the way the book is structured. So Asar starts off first. We got a whole introduction. So we give the whole backdrop, the whole context backdrop of why we wrote the book and the arguments itself. We talk about all of that in the intro. Then Asar starts off with a section about methodology, and he answers the question of what is the appropriate methodology to even ascertain or try to solve the issue about the meaning of the place name Kemet. So he goes through a whole array of explaining the, the, the methodology that's necessary and so on and so forth. And then I come after Asar and, and explain what it is we're talking about. So that's what you were alluding to uh, earlier as well. Um, um, we're not talking about black people. We're talking about a toponym. Hold, hold the book up again. Oh, no, I don't think people can see it on my screen. It says a contribution to the meaning of the place name Kemet. We're talking about a place. We're talking about a location. We're talking about a kingdom. We're talking about a polity. Okay. We're talking about a place, not people, period. And this is what we said at the very, very beginning, the very, very beginning. As a matter of fact, let me show this. Let me, let me show, let me show this uh, so people can see. What chapter is Sinjeti write? The last one. Chapter three? Last one, four. So let me let me just show let me just show everyone what what we were what we have always been talking about. And this is why we say these brothers have a reading comprehension problem. Okay? They do not comprehend what they read or a listening comprehension problem because we kept saying this and we said it from day one and we continue to say it. In fact, I have it on my screen and I have it underlined in red. This is the same slide that we use from day one. We outlined the issues and the hypotheses. So we have three bullets right here and I'm gonna read them. And I keep I keep reading this over and over again. This All this is redundant. I hope everybody understands that, that we got videos quick videos just saying the same thing over and over again because they don't get it so we say that there's an ongoing debate since at least the 1960s on the meaning of the place name kemet place name that is what a toponym is 
The brother Reggie did not even know what a toponym was until I told him what it was. I want y'all to understand that. These people were not prepared to, and, and he didn't understand the issue, even to this very day. Bullet point two, we let people know that there are primarily two hypotheses. Hypothesis number one is that you got scholars out there that say, that say the place name Kemet, well, Kemet means black land. Everybody should be familiar with that because that's the majority of scholars say that. Hypothesis two is that Kemet means black people or the land of black people. Okay, that's hypothesis two. And so bullet point three, we say that both of those claims, both of those hypotheses, they assume that the root of the word Kemet is the word Kim, meaning black in Egyptian. So that is the research question. The research question is, what is the etymological root meaning of the place name Kemet? Not people. We're not talking about people. There's no toponym on planet Earth that ever refers to people. Every single toponym always refer to places. I mean, why is that, though, man? What's seriously like? Like, come on, man. Like, a, a fucking baby could really understand that. It's a place, man. Like, and I don't get why people, like, sometimes people so smart, they just stupid, man. It's a place name. Martin Luther King Boulevard. They ain't talking about Martin Luther King. They talking about the boulevard. I mean, goddamn. Like, I mean, like, what, like, sometimes, man, I be wondering, like, what, what, what level of school did you go to? You know what I'm saying? Like, you be, you, you be reading in certain chat rooms. You be like, people be putting batteries in people back. Man, the question is, it's really a checkmate. The whole contest starts out in checkmate, Wuja. Place name. You know what I'm saying? You can't put, it's not talking about the people. Hey, see, we, we are never talking about people. Damn. Toponyms never refer to people. Now I want everybody to understand. I keep repeating myself. I sound. I, I, I feel like I'm. I'm just like in a in a to do loop, a, a forever loop, <laughs> cycle. Repeating myself and being redundant. But people gotta understand. Almost three years ago to this date, you can go on our channel, the Seshu Mighty Metal Nature, uh, YouTube channel, and you'll see a video that we did before any of these guys stepped in and started talking about this. We did a video to explain what toponyms are, and we use Kemet as our prime example. We talk about all of this already three years ago. So this is old, old, old. All right. We talk about that. Last night, we did a video. I didn't even know that Netanel was going to do Sarnetta, uh today, but I did a video last night. This was our, our Friday video on Seshu uh, Metanetra YouTube channel. Y'all can go there right now and look at the last video and just watch it. And you're going to see that I address everything that Aneb says today before he even said it. That's crazy. But anyway, so let me let me just tell let me just show people uh, th th this slide. So so this is from the get go too. we explain to people what we're not talking about. I got not in in big, bold, black and underline what the issue and question is not. So 
We are not arguing or concerned with does black exist as an adjective in ancient Egyptian. Whoa, whoa, Uja, hold on, brother. Why don't you just go ahead and email that slide to another nab so he can so he can go ahead and put it in his presentation. Because that was his whole presentation, is about what you're reading right now. Exactly. So this is what this is why we Damn, yo. come this, on, Nab. You better than that, dude. Like, seriously, man. Like, like, come on, man. Come on, dude. You better than that, bro. No, listen. Come on, man. Listen, it's not about that because because this is why we say that that there's there has to be some kind of disabilities or or a lack of comprehension or something because we specifically say in Damn, in plain English that we do not argue that there there exists a word black as an adjective in ancient Egyptian. That's you the please, word. Him. Please repeat that again for everybody looking we, at it so y'all can really understand. What's really going on around here? Please read that again. We do not argue that the word black as the word Kim as an adjective in Egyptian language does not exist. We never make that argument. We never make that claim. Why don't you make that claim? And why don't you make that argument? Because everybody and their mother knows that there is a word Kim as an adjective in Egyptian language that means black, the color black. Okay. The next point. I mean, the next point. Uh, so, the next point. Also, we do not argue whether or not we can find cognates of that adjective black in related African languages because that's all that a nib shows. And see, because listen, because people don't do com historical comparative linguistics, when he rambles on and shows cognates and show the C the C1 position being uh the sound sound meaning correspondence and try to set up these sound laws and stuff, people think that that's deep and that's heavy. But but that's all not even what we're talking about. We're not we're not saying that you cannot find a cognate of the adjective black in other African languages. Matter of fact, you fast. I, I swear to goodness. Can you read that again real slow, please? Seriously. Okay. Because I'm I'm frustrated like you. Seriously, yo. All right, so listen. We are not arguing can we find cognates of the adjective black in related African languages? Of course you can. Matter of fact, Asar Mhotep. Uh, shows cognates before Netanyahu even started doing this. Asar has work where he's showing cognates in other African languages um, uh, with the adjective black. So that is nothing new, and that's not what we're arguing. We 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 know that exists. We know that. So number three. Watch this. Did the Egyptians use color terms to describe a person or thing? No. Hold on. Are Hold, on. You Hold on. Let me read that. Did the Egyptians use color terms to describe a person or thing? Y'all got to be really listening to this right now. Like all jokes aside, y'all see that hidden over there? See that? See that third point beyond us? One, two, three. It's three dots. It's four dots. We're at the third dot. Did the Egyptians use color terms to describe a person or thing? What's the answer, Wuja? Of course, the Egyptians use color terms to describe uh, things. Are you sure, Wuja? Of course. Really? So we're not arguing that. Ned and Ned, we're not arguing that, brother. Okay, so let me go to the last one. The last thing is that uh, we're not arguing whether or not classifiers, also called determinat determinatives, whether they have to be present for every att attestation of a word. So that's that's not our argument either so where these four bullet points 
are things that we are not arguing. But yet, when you watch these brothers' presentations and stuff, all these four bullet points is what they're arguing. So, so what they've done, they're really debating themselves. They're really arguing with themselves. They might as well just, just, just pull up two pictures of themselves and just go at it. That's pseudo right there. So, so they're they're not even in the scope of the argument, and this is why we keep saying there must be some kind of comprehension problem because we said this from day one. We can't stress it enough. We can't stress enough. Even on the phone when I talked to Reggie, I said, "Listen, Reggie, Reggie," I said, "We're talking about a toponym." He said, "What's that?" I said, "A toponym. You don't know what toponym is?" He said, "No." I said, "Toponym is a place name. We're talking about a place." I said, "Egypt is a place, right?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "I said when people get a plane ticket to to fly over there." To uh, Egypt, they're, they're flying to a place, right? Well, that's what we're talking about—the name, the place name. And so I had to let him know what a toponym was on the phone. And so, so they're arguing something co completely uh, different. All right. So I just want well, people. Question to real quick, Afro, Africa, African Emporium. What's good, man? Dagger squad up, man. He says so. Kemet means also black people in noun form or adjective form. What's his question? I hear you. So he's got a question mark at the end of it. He says, so Kemet means also black people in noun form slash adjective forms. And his question marks after that. See it in the chat room? Yeah. So, well, see, that's the problem. See, that's, this, is, this is why we wrote the book. Get the book. So Africa Emporium, get the book. And the reason why I say that is because, one, you got glyphs to contend with. Because in the glyphs, and this is something that I that I was trying to explain to um, who was that? Rob Bourne. Okay, Rob Bourne was asking questions, and I was trying to show, and Rob Bourne kept showing a uh, dictionary entry, a couple of entries from from a dictionary, Dickinson's dictionary, and I was showing from that dictionary, you're going to have what's called homographs. Homographs are words that are spelled exactly alike, and so in the in the uh, entries for the word Kemet, or what's being transliterated as Kemet. You have uh, words that will be homographic transliterations. And let me repeat that. They're only homographs in their transliteration, but they may not be homographs in the actual glyphs. And the reason for this is very simple. Determinatives are not transliterated. Again, I repeat, determinatives are not transliterated, nor are they pronounced. Mm. So... You have to look at the glyphs to determine what word you're talking about. You can't just simply use transliterations and you can't simply just pronounce the word because one, the vowels are not documented in the writing system. So nobody does that. So Africa Emporium, when you ask that question, I can't really even answer your question because you can't type the glyphs. Now, if you were able to type the glyphs into the chat, then I can answer your question. But because you can't, then get the book because we explain all of that okay so i just want to let people know and understand that so what was what was the um did Ned and Ned read the book no hell no Ned and Ned ain't read the book no he ain't read the book he ain't even got the book okay. hey reggie give me your copy of the book <laughs> reggie ain't even read the book right reggie didn't read the book i asked him if he had the book because the reason why on garfield's show i asked even if reggie even had the book was because the way he was talking, it didn't sound like he had the book or read it. And so he held it up. So he does have it. He, he possesses it, but he did not read it. 
He did not read the whole book. And I can tell he didn't read the whole book because what he had a problem with on page 53. And I don't understand why they keep homing in on page 53. They, they, page 53, you know, it's 52 pages before 53. Like, you know, 53 has 51 to 52 prior to that. And, and it's obvious that they didn't read that because one, in the introduction, we, we lay the foundation of why we're writing the book and all the arguments right there. We, 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 we cite, uh, we bring up and bring people up to speed on what it is we're talking about. And then Asar's portion is first. And so he's talking about methodology in that portion. We mentioned Kim Ware. We mentioned black all over the place. The great black, the great black one. We talk about Osiris being called the great black one, the great black bull and all the other kind of stuff. Everything that Reggie had a problem with on page 53 is mentioned prior to page 53. So how, how are these people reading books? Like, do, do people just open the book at a random page and start from there? Or do they read a book like read a book? Okay, people need to just read the book. That's what I'm saying. There must be some reading comprehension problems going on. Okay, and let me just address the elephant in the room because I saw the title of Sonetta's show, and you know, I, I know that's you know gimmicky to try to get people to watch and all this other kind of stuff, but the whole issue of plagiarism. Okay, okay. So, so so he's he's trying to say that I plagiarize because what Timo Cyrus tried to do a while back, you know, so they're trying to piggyback off off that off that little silly stuff. All right, but I addressed all that back then, and so let me just show y'all. What if a person with reading comprehension skills would be able to see and would be able to know? So here it is. I am showing the page out of the book that I want all y'all to get our book. In the <laughs> book, in the book, we list the websites that are that have been used. And in the book, you can see my where my cursor is. Netanyahu keeps saying TLA, it stands for Thesaurus Lingua Egypte. And it's right oh. here. The website is right here. Hold on, is that the is that at the end of your chapter? Because I don't believe you, Wuja. Is that at the end of the chat of your chapter? This is no. Listen, this is where this is where we list all the websites. Where? Oh, so you got where? the book? I know where at in the book, the back, or at the end of your chapter. I'm gonna tell you the page right now. I'm gonna tell you the page because I don't believe because you know you're plagiarizing. They would not go live. On Sarnetta TV, you know okay. What I'm saying? okay. Turn here, you go. Turn okay. the knowing turn. that's my man, yeah. Turn it, turn you know it, man. Turn you know you're my man, and you know we wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that, Ned. I ain't never known that. What, what's the page? Turn to page 44. I don't believe you, though. Know, Ned wouldn't do that, yo. Like, seriously, bro, wouldn't do that, yo. 40 what? 44. Shit, I don't know who that. So page 44. Got chapter one. You're gonna see, you're gonna see what I'm showing. Website, come on, man. One, two, three, four. Asaurus Ingua. Oh man, that's T L A. It's on 80, it's on 83 too. Say it ain't so, yo. On 83. Say it ain't so. Come on, man. Man, that ain't right, yo. That ain't how we get out, yo. All right. So, so so now another thing that that we're talking I'm, I'm just gonna address the elephants in the room because I'm not even gonna wait. Hold on, on, on page 83. Let me just show everybody so they don't think you just talking. 
We just making it up. Here go. Y'all can see. Here go right here. Websites right here. There it go, y'all. Look. Put it here. Put it right here. Go my finger. Keep it up here for me. Oh man, you just stuck on your screen. Hold on. Let me get it off your screen. Hold on, y'all. Here y'all go. I'm gonna show y'all. Put up here long enough so that y'all can see it. It's right here. Look. T L A. Service link with Egypto, whatever the hell it is. Look, see, there it go. Look what page is on. Page forty-four. Now let's go on page eighty-three, cause we didn't bid on this fucking merry-go-round before, yo. And I'm thinking when they run out of bullets, yo, then they start to fool me. I ain't never known Ned to do that, man. I ain't never known him. There it go, right there again. Here y'all go. Look, right there. Do it slow, right here. See. Yeah, right. And it's sourced. <laughs> 53. All right, so 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 listen. Uh let me show let me show another yeah. so um, hold on just for make so so you know we gotta repeat things over and over again a little bit. Just for the listening audience, right? there's no plagiarism right here. Absolutely positively nothing to do with plagiarism at all. At all. So we gotta we gotta just know. All right. That you know, that's doing a little bit too much, bro. It's an intellectual gunfight right here. We're intellectual gunfighters, right? Y'all got they not playing fair, yo. It's okay though. Don't nobody got play fair. It's all good. Yeah, but let me just show show people because see, this is what happens, and this is why we wrote a book. See, we don't we don't do like widespread uh video tours and go on all these different channels and do a whole bunch of videos. We teach, we're actually teachers, we're teaching, right? And so what I wanna show people, one of the reasons why we wrote the book is to bring people up to speed. But I wanna show people that this quotation style that you see in brackets is done by all scholars, okay? Scholars cite this from uh, uh, the TLA. This is how the TLA has the citation. So every scholar that uses that just simply quotes it the same exact way. So this right here, so so to make a big to to spend so much time on showing, okay, comma, period, uh, the semicolon and the comma and that, like no duh. Like that's how the TLA has it. And so, by the way, this right here is showing Kim Ware as the great black bull. Reggie had a problem with the black bull. We stay away from the word black. We scared to use the word black and this, that, and the other, blackity, black, black, black. And it was right here that we're showing is it's, it's in multiple places. The black bull, uh, Osiris, the great black bull who resides at a thribus. Osiris, the great, the black bull who resides at a thribus. Two different quotations. And I'm just saying this is the style. This is just a style. So don't don't fall for the little shenanigans. Here again, the Waterbach. The WB stands for the water book. This is the German Egyptian dictionary. And by the way, the TLA is the online version of the Waterbach. The only difference, the difference of what the TLA represents is that it is a project that's been worked on. And what they've done is that they set up a corpus. So what they've done is they create a digital corpus. That's the difference. That's the only difference. The Waterbuck, you can get the, the, the hard copies or go online. And it's abbreviated WB. So this, right, for example, for, for example this one right here, this WB stands for Waterbuck. Volume five, because it's several volumes. Volume five, page 173, entry number three. 
That's what these that's what these this means. The Water Book Dictionary, written by Ermin and Grapaw, volume five, page 173, entry number three. That way you can go straight to the volume, straight to the page, go straight to the entry, and go look at it. And what you're gonna find is whatever, whenever we quote this, you're gonna see this. So that's what this is for. So the whole thing about plagiarism, I'm telling y'all, the only reason why the, the pl plagiarism is supposed to be a key word to push my buttons to get to debate, because I already told the brother he's not worthy for me to debate him. I don't see him as my peer or, or, or my equal in this, period. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Let me ask you a question, Wuja. Yeah, go ahead. Am I your pill equal in this subject right here? No, and Unc, I wouldn't debate Unc on this. I'll be, I'll be, I'll tell Unc the same thing. So it's nothing personal. See, it's nothing personal against that and that. It's just I'll tell Unc the same thing. I'm like, Unc, I'm not debating you, man. Same thing. I told that, but see, I told that and that this. I told him this several times. He keeps begging. I'm like, stop begging. It's not a good look. Stop begging. And now he's going to pull this and try to say I'm plagiarizing and intellectual dishonesty and all this other stuff. I mean, get out of here with that. Send me your teachers. <laughs> that, that, that's what you do. Send me your teachers. Reggie. So that's so that's 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 what that. So I'm saying so. So listen, it's about the work. It's about teaching. We're not I'm not into the drama or into all this other little shenanigans and stuff like that, you know, because if people get the book, that's why we wrote the book. We wrote the book so that people can have an organized, structured way of reading and follow along. Now, the way that that see Asar um, did the last edit edits on this book. Right. And so the way Asar organized it, because we we were going to like I said, we were going to write it as as just one long flow. And, and, and the subject matter was going to change as we bring it up. So Asar spoke about the methodology and then i was to come in right after that it was supposed to flow and 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 when you read it right now it flows it flows perfectly i, I step in hold up somebody gotta mute their mic um asar talks about the methodology then i explain what toponyms are then i explain demonyms and all of that i explain how how they are and, and why they are related to this topic or this topic question of the meaning of the place name kemet it's very important. People have to understand what toponyms are and to distinguish them from ethnonyms. We're not talking about ethnonyms. We're talking about toponyms. And so I point that out. And then demonyms are derived from toponyms. So in order for me to explain demonyms, which is what the word kometiu is, I had to explain toponyms first. And so it flows. It flows right into each other perfectly. So people just got to get the book. Don't, don't listen. Don't believe the hype. Get the book, read the book, and then you come to us with questions. We didn't write this book to avoid critique or peer review. We want people to read it and to pick it apart and to pull it apart. But don't come so weak like, like these guys are doing, talking about plagiarism when the TLA is mentioned in the, in the book twice and this style of quoting is what everybody does. All scholars uh, qu quote if they're if they're going to use the uh, use the TLA, and again the TLA is a digital version of the Waterbug Dictionary. I got them all. Okay, so it's it's not it's not about that. That whole plagiarism thing is just a, a catchword to get people all riled up and say, "Ooh, piggybacking off what Team Osiris uh, attempted to do." 
they were mad because because of things I corrected before they said something. We still got the video up. People people think that it was never addressed because the Amara Squad uh, previous channel was taken down when we, when we did it live. But we still got the video. It's up. Matter of fact, it's on Jehudi Mai's channel still to this day. So these people don't know what they're talking about. They don't even know what the argument is. You know, so 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 I just don't want people to believe the hype. Get the book. You got questions. We'll answer them. And remind you. Oh, let me scroll. Let me scroll all the way up. Let me scroll all the way up. So in the introduction. In the introduction, we talk about four things, methodological considerations, Kemet as a toponym, contribution to the identification of the Kim hieroglyph, okay, the Kim glyph itself, and then the Romech of Kemet, the preliminary notes, okay? So these were supposed to be chapters of, of one book that was flowing, all right? And so that's how we broke it down. But in the introduction, it tells you the present volume is a collection of essays that seek to provide some answers to a long-standing debate in Egyptology concerning the meaning, history, and application of one of the many names of ancient Egypt, i.e. Kemet. Two working hypotheses have dominated the Egypt Egyptological literature. Hypothesis one argues that Kemet means black land, referring to the color of the alluvial deposits left after the flood waters of the Nile River has receded. This hypothesis has been with us since the beginning of the discipline of Egyptology. Hypothesis number two argues that Kemet means black people, referring to the skin color of the ancient Egyptians. This hypothesis originates with the late Shekhan Tejiop, who argued this point in the famous Cairo Symposium held in 1974 in Cairo, Egypt. Both hypotheses assume that the word Kemet derives from the root Kem adjective right here, black. So the opening paragraph is the same thing I showed y'all on the slide. And then we go further as a result of the hypothesis, blah, blah, blah. We break it all the way down to the last compound of how and why this question came up and even why Shekhan uh, the Diop even addressed it. We go through all of that. Now, I'm not going to scroll through the book right here on YouTube because I want you all to get the book. Read it. OK. Get the book. Read it. That's it. I mean, because this, this is the thing. This is why we wrote the book. So we won't have to do this. That's not how you do scholarship. You don't, you don't scream and holler and sweat and, and get all sweaty and, and, and all bent out of shape when you're presenting on, on these platforms. It's not what scholarship is about. Are you crazy, yo? Sanjay told him to calm down and he, he, had, he had a fit. That, now, now people see why, why, why we don't debate. I don't waste my time with that. Hold on, hold on real quick, uh, 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 Wuja. What's going on, uh, brother Kofi, man? Masi Clan wore you up, man. What's good? In addition, you just came in the I building, bro. Peace, 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 peace to the family, man. Peace, peace. I'm, I'm just listening, man. Yeah, thanks for coming through, brother. I see you, Black African Power. What's going on, Black Panther? How you doing, bro? Always a pleasure to see your face in the building, man. Masi Clan wore you up, man. Hey, can y'all hear me? Loud and clear, brother. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Uh, just popping in. Uh, I see it's people using the same old tactics. Uh, <laughs> but um, it is what it is. Good to see everybody. Uh, just popping in real quick. Hey, man, give us a date on when that journal going to be ready, brother. The journal is completed. I am waiting for... Uh, 
Amazon to release it online. Uh, everything has been edited. Everything has been uh, corrected. I had to reorder another version of the journal, uh, another proof to um, to put my stamp on it because it has some errors. But I'm just waiting on Amazon to release it uh, before it goes totally live. Uh, for those that don't know, the first ever Conscious Community Pan-African Journal will be released shortly with artwork uh, by Wujawu. Uh, Wujawu also has an article in it. Uh, Brother Sean has an article in it. Brother Kofi has an article in it. We got uh, Brother Seneb from NBK. Um, a variety of other people in the community with either artwork, poetry, interviews, and, or articles. And I did this because I wanted to show the conscious uh, well, I wanted to show the larger community outside of the conscious community that we are not just a bunch of conspiracy theorists. We're not just a bunch of uh, psyched out people that say crazy stuff or things like that, that we have some bright minds in this community and that it's our time to show everybody else that we exist. And we're not just the fanatical people that you may research or pull up on YouTube. So that's coming out real soon. As soon as it's released, I'll do a video for it. Um, and it'll be available on my website. It'll be available um, if you just contact me on Facebook. We're going to put it out as many channels and as many outlets as possible. Yeah, I appreciate that work, brother. I told you I'm going to have something ready for you on the next one. Um, I just appreciate, uh, first of all, your unwavering support. Uh, and, uh, man, appreciate that documentation coming out, uh, document, uh, demonstration, you know what I'm saying? Uh, documentation and demonstration, your beast conversation, brother. And, uh, you know, I'm just proud of the Mossy clan, man. Uh, I'm especially proud of the leadership within the group and the young brothers, man, uh, actually moving forward. And so that journal is going to be very, very important another step in the way and we ain't plays the rising shit how about that well i tell you man got me hot no nah, the, the journal's all sourced out as usual uh i i'd like to thank uh brother Ujawa why he's here for the example uh that he set ever since i've been affiliated with you guys of writing um a lot of people get online and make videos and and talk to talk but Few people in this community are writers. Few people in this community take the time to actually write and uh, communicate their ideas on paper. And I have a saying that when you do that, you become immortal. You become immortal because when you get that uh, the ISBN number, anybody in the world can look up that ISBN number and they'll see your work years from now, after you're gone, after you you know, your children grown up after everything is settled, that ISBN number stands the test of time. Uh, also, I'd like to shout out uh, Truth Historian because he actually gave me the idea for the title of the journal. So, uh, appreciate that, brother. And uh, shout out to all the writers, man. When we do this again, I'll put out the same call that I put out the first time to all of the writers in the community. Uh, if you want to be a part of the next go round, it's all good. You know, uh, we welcome as many articles as possible.
Fact. Yeah, I appreciate that, Ben. Um, you know, uh, I'm a person that I've been writing and teaching for a lot, a lot of my adult life, really, um, in some form of capacity. Not not about Kemet, uh, but I've been teaching for a, a very long time, and so I understand. And that's why I encourage too. So I'm glad and appreciate uh, you taking the time out to put together this uh, journal. And I guess you you're one of the main um, editors collecting the the different articles and i hope to see more um volumes and and things come out so so i'm going to continue to write for it uh different you know based on different subject matter so that's what we need <clears throat> we need to form um these types of journals and things and, and let it grow and build absolutely and uh also shout out to asari motep because if it wasn't for his live broadcast i wouldn't have got the idea to make the journal in the first place if you go on his uh, YouTube channel, there's a video he has with uh, Dakar Kilimanjaro, brother Siri McDougal. Um, there's another brother named Asar on there. No, I'm sorry. His name is Lasana Hotep. And they were having a discussion about scholarship. And the brother Siri McDougal, who wrote, uh, uh, what's that book? It's something about methods and uh, with Afrocentricity or something like that. He stated in that video, don't have enough Pan-African journals. So first thing that came to my mind, why don't I just create one? So uh, that's how the whole project came about. And uh, I appreciate everybody that contributed in any form or fashion. So one, one quick second, I'm sorry. Uh, Africa Emporium just now did the right thing when you ask people about a an Egyptian word. So because he cannot type the actual glyphs in the chat, what he did, he typed the gardener codes. And so that particular last word that he typed up is the place name Kemet. It has nothing whatsoever to do with people. So I don't know if that's what you were asking me about earlier, brother, but if if that's what you typed in, that has nothing to do with people. That is a toponym, that is a place name. And that's actually what you see on the cover of the book uh, that you wrote, I6, G17, which is the owl, and then we have the uh, X1 bread loaf. And then you have the 049, which is a cross uh, intersection of a water basin. Say it again. It is a intersection of a water basin. Kemet is all about wetness. OK. And so, all, you know, all these all these guys want to do is just keep the conversation going and save face and do these tours on these different platforms. I told the brother Reggie, I am open to hear what he has to say, but I want to read it. I told him to write his arguments down, write it, type it. But these people keep doing these videos. Write, type, type the arguments because I don't want you to I don't want you to move the goalposts because let me tell you, let me show you all what Reggie did real quick. So um, just give me give me a two two a minute. No, no, no. Get your thing out. He ain't, he ain't make a video about me. So let me let me let me let me show let me show people what what the brother Reggie originally did. All right. Which is which is um, something that he kind of got salty with me about. So. Um, if y'all can see my screen, you, you got it on my screen. OK, this, that's fine. Mm -hmm. OK, so now. Now, this this is this is when we invited Reggie on the Amara Squad platform to give to give his presentation on on what he felt about the word Kemet, okay? 
And we could tell from his presentation that he did not understand the argument, but we we let him give his full presentation, right? Now, <clears throat> during his presentation, and y'all can go watch it, but during his presentation, the brother Reggie tried to do a, a aha moment, like aha, gotcha moment. And and go back to the video and watch it because he builds it up and he and he and he gets all playful and stuff like that. Oh and great, so, you know the timestamp at? Where the timestamp at? No, nah, I didn't memorize the timestamps okay. now. But uh we can find that later. But but in the video, he he builds up to this aha moment. Okay. This right here is from Reggie's presentation. This slide right here is from Reggie's very own presentation that he built up into an aha moment. And so what Reggie attempted to do with this slide is that he tried to impeach one of our sources, which is um, Odin Golay's article, seminal article about the place name Kemet. Like what did the Egyptians call their home? And, and Odin Golay's article is, is probably the most cited um, uh piece of scholarship on that because what Odin Golay does is that he goes through the um the dichotomy between what the Egyptians feel as their home versus the outside world and Kemet versus Desharet and all the different variations, Tamare and all this other kind of things. So what um Reggie does is that he says both Asar is dependent on his European quote but does not check other sources. So Reggie is accusing Asar of just quoting people without checking them out. And everybody knows Asar uh, knows that's not, that's just not true. All right. But this is just, just, just some trash talking. And he says, both are incorrect. He says the first usage is in the pyramid text of Pepe utterance 674. Okay. Now let me just tell you, tell y'all never ever have we ever said that the first usage of the word Kemet was in the 11th dynasty. So, so basically, Odin Golay is the one who shows and demonstrates that the ancient Egyptians first called their kingdom Kemet in the 11th dynasty. So Kemet was not always called Kemet. It wasn't called Kemet until the 11th dynasty in the Middle Kingdom. Okay? And so Reggie is saying that Odin Golay is wrong. Therefore, we're wrong because we're citing Golet. And so Reggie says, no, the first usage is in the pyramid text. And so he cites this pyramid text incorrectly because it's not the pyramid text of Pepe. If they want to talk about errors and stuff, it wasn't Pepe. It's the, this the pyramid text of Neith. This is why you see the N here. It's the pyramid text of Neith, not Pepe. Okay. And I corrected him that day on that. But the word that, uh, Reggie is citing is Kemetiu, not Kemet as the king, the name of the whole kingdom. So Reggie doesn't even know that he's trying to impeach Golay, but he doesn't even know that this is not even talking about the kingdom. And so I, at that moment, straightened Reggie out and told him that your whole dagger and aha moment was a dud because it's not, <laughs> it's not even talking about the kingdom. So he, so he, he unsuccessfully impeached, um, Go late. And I pointed all that stuff out. So this is where Kemetiu is, is, is uh, put. So it starts with Reggie. Reggie's the one that brought this up. And so what I explained to Reggie is that this is not Kemet. This is Kemetiu. This is a demonym. And demonyms are formed from the toponyms. So what is the toponym? The toponym is Kemet. 
but it's not the kingdom Kemet. It's only one place in lower Egypt called Kemet. It's called, the full name is Kemet Waret. It is the gnome of the bull. That is the 10th gnome of lower Kemet. That's what it was talking about. It wasn't talking about the whole kingdom. That's what this Kemetio is talking about. It's talking about those who dwell in that particular place. That place was known as Kemet Waret. And then the temple complex in that location later became known as Hut Heri Ib. From the word Hut Heri Ib, the Coptic version of that is Atribi. The Greeks pick it up and call it Atribis. That only points to the temple complex or the capital of this place, not the entire place. But just like in the style of, of the Greeks, they call temple uh, complexes the entire place, just like Egyptos, which is the Greek word for Egypt, is really talking about a temple complex called Hut Ka Pata. Hut Ka Pata is just one temple complex in Memphis that, that became the entire name of the country to this very day. Egypt, Egyptos. Okay, so that's what people got to understand. And I broke all this down. Okay, and, and I broke it down then and we break it down in the book. So, so I just want people to understand that Reggie was trying to say that this is the first time Kemet was used. But then that Aneb today is talking about some chronology and, and, and uh, 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 intellectual dishonesty and this, that, and the other. When I never made the claim that Kemet to you comes from Ethribus. I never <laughs> made that claim. That's stupid. Hood here the ib doesn't even sound, it, it's, not, it's not even the same word or same form. By the way, hood here the ib is talking about the temple where the heart is in the middle. So we got here the ib, where the heart is in the middle. It is a temple where the ancient Egyptians dealt with the mind. Today we would call that psychology. Because they didn't build a temple dedicated to, a, to the organ of the heart that pumps in our bodies. The word ib means mind. <clears throat> I'm saying these people are really not ready. So, so we break all this stuff down and we're going to break it all the way down in the upcoming book where we're going to break down why the bull was used. Why they considered the black bull. Why Osiris and some other deities are associated <laughs> with the bull. Why? Why the black bull? Why are there four bulls? There's a, there, there's a ritual called the driving of the bulls. And it's four bulls representing the four cardinal points. And these four bulls have four different colors. You have the multicolored bull, the white bull, and then the black bull and the green bull. These bulls represent things. It's not literal. It's not talking about the color. And people, that's what I'm saying. We're going to be explaining all this, all this kind of stuff. So these guys want to debate over some, some stuff and don't understand what the debate is or the arguments are or what we're saying because they don't read. Or if they read, they have comprehension problems. Period. I don't know how else to say it. And, and, and it, look, listen, even here during this presentation, I show this. I, this is an actual slide from that presentation. I show this to show Reggie that commit to you where it is in the TLA. This is a this is a screenshot from the TLA, from the online corpus. 
and I show where the Kemetiu is is he is written here in all these different pyramid texts: the Pyramid of Pepi the First, Neith, Pepi the Second. All right, so I showed this. I showed this back then. None of this stuff is new. So, so this rehashing of the same arguments and then try to add a little teaspoon of plagiarism to try to to try to uh, uh, create a debate. When I keep telling the brother, stop begging, stop using my name and the word debate in the same sentence. Better Ned needs to stop that. And then he said, I don't know how to write. Man, I, I graduated from high school. People need to ask him, did he graduate from high school? And I went to college. Graduated with honors, junior honor society, senior honor society. The whole nine. Tell me I don't know how to write. So anyway, what else you got for me, Unc? Okay. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you ask him a question, Unc, I'm going to ask Monique's question real quick. She said, dude said, on that letter, that the word uh, in Coptic translates the black people. Says it can transfer to black people. I think that's what she said. They said no listen this is why this is why it's it was a blessing oh you gotta mute yourself this is this is why it was a blessing that i did not go to the ASCAT conference because dr mario Beatty, with all due respect his entire presentation was off topic by even his own admission when he opened up the first 60 seconds of his presentation he admitted that he is going off topic so his entire presentation doesn't even count, okay? He tried to throw shots at Osar saying his methodology is wrong because he didn't use Coptic, but 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 the question I would have had had I been there is for Dr. Mario Beatty or anybody on the planet Earth to show me in any Coptic dictionary where the place name Kemet, the one for the kingdom, means black people. And they would never be able to show that, ever. And 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 the problem with Coptic is that Coptic from Coptic you do not have the determinatives, you do not have the glyphs. Coptic uses a completely different writing system. Greek letters borrowed. Greek letters was used to write the Coptic language, and so they lost the glyphs. Which which the glyphs had uh, the special thing about the glyphs is that it that it retain the determinatives or classifiers to let you know uh what the semantic scope of these words are you don't have that luxury using coptic so my question to dr mario Beatty would have been and still is show me mr Beatty, anywhere in any coptic dictionary where the place name the kingdom of kemet is defined as black people and he won't be able to find it Say Wuda. Yes. Hell. Okay, these individuals, Nether Neb, Brother Reggie, uh, Mario Beatty, have these guys read y'all text yet? Because I don't understand if they read the text, like Brother Unk said a while ago. Demonstration beats conversation. Anyone that gets the book and reads all four of those chapters ought to have ought to come up with another conclusion. You know, even I understand that they keep appealing to authority when they talk about the great Shanti Diop. 
and we have to keep putting up this same quote uh, about what Sean Auntie Dion, these guys are not doing. I haven't seen, I'm not, I don't watch, I, I'm not, I'll be honest, I don't watch all these different videos, especially when it's bad behavior involved or they trying to assassinate someone's character. I don't, I don't really look at them, you know, but I'm, I'm, if I'm, I don't understand if, if they got the text, why their position has not changed. What, what, what is it? Um, um, especially in chapter two, when you deal with your chapter two, when you talk about the toponyms, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, what is it? The nominyms, the ethanyms. I mean, it's just simple. My 11 year old son can comprehend what is the top, what is the toponym, ethanym, uh, 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 what is it? Demonym. I know I'm pronouncing. I'm pronouncing it wrong. I just don't understand. Even when you did with uh, chapter one, I don't. I don't see brother Reggie. Brother Reggie is not a linguist from what I seen. Brother Nedanab is not a linguist from what I seen. When you talk about the co comparative analysis, when you dealing with the lingu historical uh, analysis, when you dealing with the linguistic, first of chapter one. He breaks it down with the comparative comparative analysis when you're dealing with ling linguistic. You come in with the with, with the top name, the number name, and then he comes back in with the arguments that has been going on that I didn't even know about since the uh since the uh since uh 1995, 1994, 1990, um 1996 when we dealing with, when we dealing with the 049 glyph and the I6 glyph. So I, I don't and then even when brothers uh uh what's the name come in with the four traps and he give you the act attestations. Of what these people was calling themselves, they was calling themselves the remit, and 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 so forth. Even when you deal with what you were talking about with the Kemet wasn't called Kemet until you get to the middle to the Middle Kingdom. I just don't understand. Is I don't understand where the argument is coming from. Uh, is uh, um is coming from now? If they if if had they read the text, that's I mean had they read the text because like I said, it's just crazy to me. For y'all have to keep coming on week after week after week after week explaining the same stuff over and over to these guys and these guys is going to keep going on around trying to disprove y'all for whatever it is have they read the text and if they read the, the text no. shame on them the answer is no they have it. it's clear that they haven't and if they read it if i were to give them the benefit of consideration of them reading it then they 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 definitely have a reading comprehension problem period that's the only way i can say it i can't i can't sugarcoat that and I, I, that's just it is what it is, because we put it in black and white. What we're talking about, we're talking about the place name Kemet. We tell people what we're not talking about. We outline what we're not talking about. We outline what we're talking about. But yet these guys want to continue arguing about things we're not even talking about. They want to talk about black, the adjective black. We understand there's an adjective black. There is no scholar that has ever traced out the etymology of the place name Kemet ever. Diop, Obenga, anybody you name drop has never done it ever. And so it's not until now. This is brand new. And so because people are, are don't know the arguments or they want to hold on to this idea that the Egyptians, um, you know, because back in the 70s, the, the pushback was against the the racial thrust of this dynastic. Uh, this dynastic race theory by uh, Petri that pretty much dominated scholarship where they were saying that the Egyptians, the, pe the founders of the Egyptian civilization 
were either European, Caucasians, or West Asians. And so that's what Diop and Obenga was uh, fighting against in the 70s. And so that's why they kept referring to Egypt as black. Everything they did was black. They even, they even, even on the linguistic work, when they wanted to frame a, a new name for a language, family of languages, they, what do they call it? They called it black Egyptian. But they used the French word black, which is negro, negro Egyptian. So everything they did was to, was to push back on the idea that, no, Egypt is an African homegrown civilization. Black Africans did that. But that's a modern social construct uh, being retrofitted back in ancient times. We can't do that. The Egyptians did not, listen, and, and I, did, I did this presentation as well. You look at all the artwork in ancient Egypt, 99% of all the artwork of the ancient Egyptians, they painted themselves reddish brown, not black. I mean, I mean, it's just so much, man. We've covered so much over the, over the last year. All this stuff is rehashing only because people want to save face and have something to say. Like, just calm down and write. That's it. But go ahead. Um, even well, the, I, even I, the women. Just, oh, my bad. I just want to say, even the women, they didn't depict the women as black. You look at the women on the wall, they ain't, they not black. Mm. That's interesting. I think I told people before that I actually took an um, a art design class. And in this art design class, we had to go um, deal with uh, Post and Linnell, you know what I'm saying, who was first using uh, uh, Post, you know what I'm saying, and Linnell to think to go across. And the funny part about it is they tried to start with Greece. Uh, That's crazy. So we know that those pylons is 10 feet high, like those giant pylons, you know what I'm saying, at those Egyptian temples, man. But in this class, we also talked about art and how the Egyptians uh, had stylized art. And, and, and this tradition goes on for thousands of years, unchanged, right? We know based off of the medical institutions that the Egyptians actually, um, put forward to the world, right? Uh, you know, they had gynecologists. We talk about Marriott, Marriott Patel. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, there's a slew of doctors, female doctors, who females are actually allowed to practice medicine. Marriott Patel predates, um, uh, what's the brother's name? I am Hotep, okay? She predates him. And she's the chief physician all right, the chief physician. Y'all know what it is. We go to the hospital, and you got the chief physician there, mm -hmm. right? So they did all these things, right? So we understand they knew what anatomy was. So the question is, why in the hell did they draw people with feet going in the same directions, arms and all that, all that going the same direction, if they understood anatomy? Because it was stylized. So now let's get to the color. Wouldn't they know? That all goddamn people ain't one color? Wouldn't they know that? Uh, oh, when they? I went to when I went to Kemet, um, I noticed the same thing that Wujai was talking about. Most of the people depicted on the walls are brown. Um, the only person I can recall that was another color in the Cairo Museum was Mentu Hotel. Um, and that's it. 
out of the uh, two times I've been, uh, 12 days each time, I've never seen another person another color. They've all been brown. They've all been, uh, I would say, uh, probably like Unk's color. They probably, they've all been depicted that way. And um, that's just what it is. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, you, you can't run away from that fact. There's no brothers on the walls. There you go, Ben. There you go, Ben. You see my screen? Yeah, yeah. Mentu Hotel's there on the right in the Cairo Museum in the uh, Asarian position. But to the left is what you will see on the walls. That's what you'll see in all the temples, in all the tombs, unless the statue itself is made of some type of uh, black rock or something like that, because you'll see that as well. But in depictions on the walls, you'll see it that color on the left. Now, that's it. What's that's what you'll see. What's interesting is that both of these pictures are meant to hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets crazy, right? So which is, which is the real depiction? <laughs> see, people, this is when you get into the the inner workings and inner dynamics of Egyptian culture, because people will show you a picture and be like, see, look, but they won't show you the other <clears throat> depictions of that same person. So then it comes, there's a debate of, well, which is the real depiction? You know, you see these pictures of uh, Tutankhamen and he's huge in some of these pictures. Well, I've seen his skeleton and that brother wasn't huge. <laughs> and see that's that brother that brother was probably like five two at the most. <laughs> the brother was he wasn't tall. He wasn't a tall man. So it comes it, it gets into the point of which depiction is really that person. So yeah, so the point I was making was it's stylized, man. Like, come on, man. Like like when you went to when, when you go to Africa, man. There are different varying degrees of color. Nobody is just one color, man. And, and, and the Egyptians, they would have known that. So it's stylized. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, so I, I'm starting to think that Reggie and Ed and Ed, man, they just, just want to just do what they want to do, man. You know, and Reggie brings out a black bull. What in the hell does the black bull got to do with? Hold on. What in the hell does a black bull have to do with? Contribution to the debate on the meaning of the place named Kemet. Explain that, Wujah. What in the hell was that brought up for? Yes, Sir, that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I showed, that's why I gave people who are watching right now, I gave them context. See, Reggie, Reggie is the one that tried to impeach a source that we use, and he did a very poor job. He failed because he did not understand that his citation was not talking about the kingdom. We always say, and we tell people, that Egypt was not, I mean, excuse me, Kemet was not called Kemet until the 11th dynasty. There were smaller Kemets within Kemet prior to the whole kingdom being called Kemet. And so Odin Golay is a citation for that. He did the work on that. And so Reggie tried to impeach that by bringing up for the 12th dynasty what say it again for the 12th dynasty what for listening on this what happened i said that the 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 place that we call egypt today was not called kemet until the 11th dynasty 
So, okay. So, all right, hold on. Let me get this straight. So, before the 11th Dynasty, Kemet was not uh, Kemet. I call Kemet, but the word Kemet predates the 12th Dynasty. Am I correct in that? You're correct. So then Neb tries to use that as what though? Like, like, see, that's that's still with the logic. Why is Neb saying that the oldest attestation of Kemet? Uh, is one. What time period did he say? Did he say pre that? He didn't say that. What what time period did he say? Do you remember what job? No, it's old kingdom. The word Kemet oh. exists in a in the old kingdom. Okay. So then what's the like what in the hell does that have to do with the place name? The important understanding is when did they name did they name their kingdom that in the old kingdom? Then it starts to make did, did they name it that? No. It's in the twelfth dynasty. See now so, See now you're getting it. See, see that's beautiful because now you understand how how you understand now. You just confirmed how they don't understand the argument. The, the, we're talking about the place name Kemet, the name of the kingdom, the state, the polity. It was not even named that by the Egyptians or the Remich, as they call themselves. It wasn't done until the 11th dynasty. Well, well, I mean, come on, man. Everybody listening to this show right now. You just learn something like that simple based off of the ignorance in certain statements. Neb stood on this point. Well, this oh, back to the old kingdom, yada, yada, yada. That's a, what that has nothing to do with. When was it named that? Do you know that? No one's talking about that. When was it named that? You got to go to y'all work to know that. You got to go to Saul's work. So, I mean, like, like. Is it, are y'all talking Japanese? Maybe y'all not even talking English or something, man. Maybe, maybe we could have been a day going pseudo vortex or something. No, it's not that. That's what I'm saying. There's a, there's a, there's a breakdown in comprehension somewhere. Period. I can't, I can't. Anything else. On purpose. To try to jump let, in. Me, uh, let me state this, brothers, um, because this bothered me when it was brought up earlier. Anyone that claims that Asar Imhotep just uses European sources or is somehow European bias, has not read any of his work, not one book or article. And and the casual studiers and the casual YouTubers just need to stop. <laughs> if you haven't read a person's work, don't talk about them. Because yeah. if you've read Nisu Bitti, if you've read Where's the Love, if you've read Illusion Volume 1, if you've read any of Asar Imhotep's articles that he has online for free, you will notice that he pulls from a multitude of African countries and civilizations and uses their language in a comparative method. So unless you just haven't read any book, I don't know how you could come to that conclusion. And if you haven't read anything by Asari Motep, maybe you should read about somebody before you just start talking about them and slandering them and saying what they do and what they don't do because you don't know. You don't know what somebody does until you read their work. And let me let me redeem somebody that was mentioned on the other show by Netaneb, right? Netaneb is trying to give people the impression that we worship Jean-Claude Mboli. All right. One, we don't do that. If anybody knows me, 
re, for, for, uh, uh, sees my timeline on Facebook or watch any of my videos, they understand that I don't like name dropping. I don't even like when other people name drop because name drop is a clear uh, signal that people are going to appeal to authority. All right. These people do not know how to debate. As we can clearly see, that's why I don't waste time trying to debate these folks because they don't even know how to debate. They misconstrue and create arguments that are not even ever made. They're completely off topic. They're talking about black people when we're talking about the place, the place name Kemet. But let me redeem something that was said earlier. So I just want to share something. This is um, in Boley's work. OK. And so. Um, as a matter of fact, most nobody would even know about Mboli had it not been for Asari Motep. So uh, Netanet wouldn't even know Mboli if it wasn't for Asari Motep. Netanet wouldn't even know about the TLA database if, if it wasn't for us, period. We were doing this before. And I, I got receipts. I got I could show you all the documents of the conversations where Netanet didn't know any of this. Couldn't tell a difference between a phone and a phoneme and all that kind of stuff. Didn't even know what the asterisk was for a reconstructed word, all that kind of stuff. That's how... I go back. Was right. that, that 13 years he been working on that? Net and net? Nah. Huh? No, no, not 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 hardly. But let me just show this. So I'm uh, so this is in Boley's work now. Um let me get my cursor over there so I can turn the page. Give me a second here, real quick. Okay. So this is in Boley's work. Now Ned and Ned was talking about in Boley's correspondence when it came when it came to uh Kim, the word Kim. Okay. So uh, correspondence 86, let me go up to show you correspondence 85. Correspondence 85 is a completely different word. This is Hati, all right? This is different, totally different word. So he starts with the uh, comparison of Kim on page 71 in his work, starting with correspondence number 86. And so he says, middle, the ME stands for Middle Egyptian, okay? Here are the glyphs. So this particular word uh, as Kim, see, we transliterate it as Kim. Now, I want y'all to understand. See how we transliterate this as KM and we pronounce it Kim? This particular word, correspondence 87, is a different word. But we also transliterate it as Kim. So if somebody was to type KM on the screen and say, hey, what does that mean, Wujao? I can't tell them because I don't know which word they're talking about. This is what I meant by um, Africa Emporium earlier when he asked, where you have to show, either show the glyphs or give all the Gardner codes for the glyphs. Okay, so I, so I want to point that out. But here is here is the word Kim, and it means to complete. Okay, so it's written in French, y'all. So y'all y'all could uh, screenshot it and then you know put it in Google Translate if you have to, or whatever the case is. But this Kim means complete, and this is what Rob Bourne. I believe that was Rob Bourne. Yeah, that was Rob. I couldn't see. Yeah, I couldn't see the uh, presentation, but I could hear it. Yeah, that was Rob. Okay, so I, I was on, on my phone uh, uh, traveling. So. Okay, so Rob Bourne called in today, and I think he asked about the word complete. This particular word is the one for complete. This is Kim. That means complete. And so, and Boley compares it to six languages. So he does six language comparison at this point in his book. Mind you, in Boley's book is over, uh, I think, uh, 600 pages. It's 630 pages long. We're only at page 171. Okay, and so he does some preliminary comparisons with six African languages with Middle Egyptian. Okay, and so we have Coptic, and he compares this one complete with the Coptic, Shango, Zande, Hausa, and Somali. 
There's no cognate. He doesn't list a cognate for Somali, but he has cognates for these. Okay, but this word means complete. The next correspondent. This is the one that means black. See, Noer, which means black. Kim also means black. This is the adjective. So he compares it to the Coptic Kame, which means black. Shango, Kwa, Zande, Gbi, and Hausa, Koni, and then Somali right here, Gub, which means black. Okay, so these are the cognates for those. All right. Now, what he does now, correspondent 88, is the place name Kemet. This is the one that we're talking about. Egypt. This is Kime in Coptic. A different word. This is a different word than the one up here. Okay? Sango Ko, Zande, Nbi, and then Nunfahausa and Somali Gub. It's a place. Okay, I want everybody to understand that. So now let's look at the commentary of what Mboli says right here. This is his commentary. You see uh, the French commentary. I, I can't pronounce French, but I had to learn some very basic French because a lot of African scholars are Francophones, which means they speak French because of the, uh, you know, the uh, colonization and stuff. Everybody should be familiar with, um, with that. A lot of African scholars write in French or their native uh, language. So, but let's, let me tell you what Mboli is saying in this commentary right here. So he gives a commentary. So he says, comment. Then he says, the analysis of the correspondence will show us, will allow us to solve, we hope, a problem of Egyptology that has aroused and still provoked violent controversies, and this using only the comparative linguistic data. This is the origin of the name of pharaonic Egypt, Kemet, that some translate as black land, others as black country. To do this, faithful to our approach, we do not initially make any assumptions or hypotheses on the etymology of this word because the existence of synonyms and homonyms in the Egyptian language forbids it formally. So let me pause for a second. Let me, let me emphasize what he's saying here. He's saying that he does not assume anything. He is going to follow the data, follow the scientific method that he's actually doing right here in his book. He says, I'm not going to make any assumption. He said, to do this faithfully to our approach, we do not initially make any hypothesis on the etymology of this word because the existence of synonyms and homonyms in the Egyptian Language forbids it formally. The proof is also given here with the two homonyms, Kim, that means to be black, and Kim, that means to complete. So only the facts and only them must be taken into account. No Egyptian document in over 3,000 years of history ever refers or links, uh, refers to a link between Kemet. The place name Egypt and Kim meaning black. That's in Boley's own words. He said this absence is all the more curious because the ancient Egyptians are known to make connections between entities or notions that were pronounced the same way. And he gives the example of the word uh, remich, 
which means people or men. And then the word that sounds alike and how they play on that word is the word remut, which means tears from the verb remi, which means to cry. And everyone should know that the Egyptians in their cosmogonical text, they say that they existed or were created from the tears of Ra. Ra as an epithet was called Remy, the deity Remy or the, the tearing deity. And from those tears, the Egyptians were created. So they connected the word for tears and the word for people together because it sounded like Remage and Remy. And Emboli is saying that that was never done for Kemet and Kim in no text in over 3,000 years. So don't let anybody say, uh, uh, speak for Mboli. Let Mboli speak for himself. So I wanted, just wanted to redeem Mboli for, um, for, for whatever was trying to be said earlier. All right? So I want everybody to understand that. So did y'all follow that? Absolutely. So Mboli is one of many African scholars who does not agree that the place named Kemet, that the root of that is black, period. There's other scholars, and Boli being one, African scholars, and Boli being one. All right, so I just want everybody to understand that. So what, what else you got, Unc? Yeah, I was trying to read comments on this daggone video. That's Jean-Claude Mboli's work. It's called The Origin of African Languages. It's over 630 pages, and it's where he actually walks you through. He walks the reader through the scientific method of the historical comparative linguistics. Uh, Sean, I think. He, he walks the reader through the scientific method of historical comparative uh, linguistics, and he walks people through in um, comparing Middle Egyptian to these other African languages. He starts off with six, and then he ends up with, uh, uh, I think, eight more, totaling about 14 languages. But he walks you through the process. So, you, he, so in the beginning of the book, he does preliminary comparisons, and then he tests those comparisons. By the time you get to the end of the book, he, he walks you through. He, he walks you through the whole process of how it works, where he's testing things, things that didn't hold up, he chalks it to the side. He does all of that in the book. Yeah. All right? So so that's that, man. And like I said, man, all everything I'm saying, we, we've been repeating over and over again. That's why that's why these people keep trying to save face and want to keep these videos going and going and going. Man, like, you know, my tolerance is done. It's, it's, it's a wrap. I had a question. Um, but doesn't um, Neb use Emboli's, you know, he sources Emboli a lot or he leans on Emboli. Yeah, he said Emboli don't agree with it. Matter of fact, I was looking for that comment in the, in the chat room. Hey, look. He said that. Oh, he actually said that, right? Yeah, but that's but but that's the thing. It, it's it's one thing to say, and and people gotta understand, man. In science, it doesn't matter whose name you drop. It doesn't matter who you know. It's about the demonstration and what you can demonstrate. It's about the evidence and what you can demonstrate. So all this name dropping and who you know and stuff like that, that doesn't matter at all. That's why you don't see me do it. 
Like people don't even under don't even remember that that I am a student of Dr. McKedman as well. But you don't see me toss her name around. I don't say that I'm a level two student of Dr. McKedman, and you know I had to stop and and then come back and do it after this and that third. No. But I also studied under Dr. McKedman long time ago before she even had a website. And talk to her, and she used my my book for her students. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So she used her book, your one of your books for her students. And they took the class. <laughs> man, let me just stop, man. You know what? Stop, man. Well, this was the same argument, gentlemen. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Back and forth. Oh, I'll be right back. Charles, Claude, and Bowley. It's the same argument. They didn't read that book either. Hell no. <laughs> and I, and I, I get it. More, bro. read French. I get it. But Asar had the guy on his show and he was speaking English. So you could get a great grasp of the argument that he was portraying if you watch the video. So let me just say this one more one more time though. I don't deal with name dropping in science. It, scientists, we don't we don't worry about that. They don't care about who you know. You don't see me doing that. And you don't see a sorry motep do that. It's not about who you know and all that other kind of stuff. It's it's good to have a legacy. And you can build off your legacy and mention it, but you don't use that in arguments because that's arguing. That's, you know, a, a, a logical fallacy appealing to authority. Like, so what? Somebody says something. Can they demonstrate it? It doesn't matter. So even like, for example, if Dr. Mario Beatty says that Asar's method is flawed. So what he say that anybody could say that. Unk, say, say that. Say that right now. Asar's method is flawed. So our method is flawed. Right. That don't mean anything until you show it. Dr. Mario Beatty did not show it that day, and he couldn't because it's just a brief presentation. Those That was not a debate. So don't get it twisted. I don't want anybody who's listening right now to get it twisted that the ASCAT conference was a debate. Had it been a debate, it would have been trouble, especially if I was there. It was a blessing I was not there because I have questions ready. I stay ready. In fact, in terms of in terms of qualification and stuff like that, people don't know that I'm teaching some of Dr. Riquetti men students right now. <laughs> so hear me on that. Grammar. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I could bring them on any time and they could tell you how how I teach and get let you let you give let them give their opinion about how I teach and the quality. Uh, or lack thereof, they can they can just speak for themselves. At this point, might as well might as well keep pounding, pound until they disappear. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, I don't want anybody to tell me I'm teaching people who are students of Dr. Riquetti Amen, current students of Dr. Riquetti Amen, mm. and older ones. So don't nobody don't let don't get it twisted. Don't let nobody uh, say otherwise. Y'all heard it from me. Pound them in the ground all the way. It's intellectual gunfight. It's all about your sources. It's all about demonstrating. It's all about getting this thing right. 
So I don't know. We got any more questions in the chat room? I think that was an excellent. I, oh, you see that? He put some more uh, gardener coals in there. You see that? Who's that? No, in the chat. Let me see. Yeah. African important. He's repeating the ones he put. No, he he he's showing the one for black. The last one uh, African employment, uh the I six, the the uh owl, which is G seventeen, D three, is the hair glyph. He's talking about the actual one that act is the color black. That's not the one we're talking about. Why why you ain't jump on the uh, on, on the link African poem? I'll put the link in there, yo. Why you just give him the link? Here you go. There was a link. And listen, you I'm, gotta stop treating uh, Ronnie Kimmett like it's Europe or Wallace, man. It's not a, it's not a tonal language, so you can't really tell which word you're talking about unless you like present the entire line. Exactly, and that's a good point. See, 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 everybody, see, people know this. And and Black Panther, do you have a PhD in uh in in, in linguistics? <laughs> I do not. Right, but you know that though, right? So it's not hard, man. That's 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 to be common. That's common knowledge for people who do it. Now I don't expect everybody to know, but that's the point of why we teach and why we write, why we write books, why we teach. We don't do the hoopla and hollering. You know, I don't need to tell people I'm a gorilla. And oh. I and I and I know a uh, true story and uh, true story and be be in the chats joking a lot and everything to lighten the load up a bit and everything. And I, I could appreciate that. But true story and just to be clear for people that understand, I don't have a turn up game. I, I really don't like this is the extent I, I don't I don't turn I don't go from zero to ten, you know, because it's not about people. It's about the information and supplying people with the tools to discern so they could so they could do these, this stuff for themselves. And so we wrote the book. We're asking people to get the book. Don't listen to these other folks. Just get the book and you come straight to us and ask us questions. We welcome critique. We welcome criticism. We welcome comments. We welcome all of that good stuff. But at least read the book. Cause then I can explain it. Because when I was live with Reggie, you see how he changed. He changed up because he came. He was trying to debate me and showing off for the for the chat and everything. But the moment I said, "Listen, I wouldn't have to schedule no event or no platform. Let's go right. Let's 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 talk right now. I'm not going to debate you. I'm going to teach you in a, right now." He came on. He didn't want to talk to me. Then he well, then we finally got on the phone together. And after I showed him, explained, he he admitted. That everything on the page was correct. He just didn't like the fact that I didn't mention Black Bull on that specific page or the great black. That's it. That's what it boils down to. I'm like, well, Reggie, if you want to mention that like that, then you write your book then. It had nothing to do with the goddamn debate question. Right. Just do your hey, hey truth historian. He uh Ujawa is bad at sports, though. He was right about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't deal with sports like that. Yeah, you're right. Black <laughs> black black Panther know that I I I'll put a uh, basketball Ooh. football field in a minute. Ooh, please! No sports analogies tonight, Ujawa. Please. Yeah, I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll bounce a uh, football on the basketball court. <laughs> oh, I don't really think. I don't. I don't really think that people don't understand what's really going on. Let me tell y'all what's going on. Yeah, what's going on? Y'all remember Saddam Hussein? And they said you got from sun up, sundown, get up out of there. He ignored the warnings. 
United States and his allies formed a unit, not only a unit, a master army. First thing they did was they didn't run in with all the goddamn troops. They sent the B-52 bombers, right? Do you know what a B-52 bomber is? Upgrade. Sent them in first. High altitude bombers. Meaning that they didn't even know what was coming. All they could do was hit a... Boom! They thought the sky was falling out. And they bombed them for days and nights. They took the aircraft carriers and moved them in position. They shot the missiles off of the aircraft carriers. Interballistic, intercontinental missiles. And they exploded them all over the desert. They did that for days before they sent one troop in. This is what you are experiencing right now. Goddamn carpet bombing. Interballistic missiles. All locked in. All you got to do is replay the show and understand exactly what just happened. You know what they say around here? Don't poke the bear. You know what they say around here? Read the damn book first. Learn some French. If that's what it take to get it a saw on them niggas, if I was trying to get at them, I'd be wee wee me sure. I'd be French up. I'd take a year to learn French to prove them niggas wrong if that's what I thought it was. But no, no one has the propensity to do that these days. Oh, we're just going to act like they're arguing something they're arguing. We're just going to do all of that. I don't understand that at all. I do not, matter of fact, it's very disrespectful not to read the literature that you're debating against, Brother Reggie. It's very disrespectful to continually stay off topic. Mr. Ned and Ned, what in the hell is going on with this community, man? Are we trying to act like we know so much? Why is it that nobody's teachable these days? Why can't niggas just sit down and listen? You don't gotta listen. You don't gotta like Wu Jai or Saw or Wu Jai always saying something. I don't like the way he say it. Oh hell, I don't like the way he say some shit. When you write, you write. Sometimes you gotta sit down and just listen. This shit ain't even complicated, man. It's easy, man. We know what this debate is about. The place name. So if you ain't coming up with debunking place names and showing in the glitch how the place name really mean this and how the word Kimmy, you know what I'm saying, ain't really a place name, but you gotta do something. You're getting blown out the water. It's a row at this point. That's why the brothers don't wanna debate. Because it should've turned ugly. Then next thing you know, everybody wanna, wanna fight, wanna mention what gang you in, wanna do all of that. Man, you can't shoot your way in the scholarship, man. You got to think your way. You got to read your way. You got to write your way. It's an intellectual gunfight. Man, our gun is our brain and our minds, and we use our words, because sometimes we just talk shit. Everybody got a method of talking shit. 
<laughs> Wu Jia got away way of talking shit. He be talking shit. Act like he ain't talking shit. He be talking shit. Get you mad as hell. A saw got away of talking shit. Y'all know I got away of talking shit. Then everybody do. It's just what we do, man. That's because we love each other enough to say we want to stand up, right, and give them the real information. How important is the conversation on the place named Kimmy? Let me show you why it's so damn important and y'all all missed it. White people were trying to prove that, that, that the Kemet wasn't necessarily a land, a nation uh, uh, spawned by black people. Black people want to, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, they want to counter that. I get it. But they counter the wrong damn thing. If you want to prove that Africa, that Kemet or Egypt in Africa was started by black people, all you got to do is study the place name. I'm going to say this again. If you want to know really who occupied those lands, then all you would have to do is study the place name. Quick example. How many of y'all niggas live in New York? Hmm. How many? New Jersey. New York was New Amsterdam. Before it was New York. Delaware. No, not Delaware. That's an indigenous name. Where does these names come from? Think about it. Are they indigenous Native American names? Place names? New York is a place name. Is it an indigenous Native American name? No. We know where the people come from because of the place name New York. Old York. You gotta go to York and you'll find these places that was there and the people that migrated to the Americas for their place names with them. So you can find the place name Kimmet in, in Africa. It's an African place name. So if you really want to know who they are, you deal with the place name. And then if you want to know what they was doing and what they did and why it was so important, understand the meaning of the place name. What is the meaning of the place name, Wuja? And then why is that significant? We can close that shit out. Why everybody bullshitting? Okay, so um, we we put our conclusion out there, and this is why people try to address it, and they really can't. They do a lot of hollering and stuff, and talking about things we're not talking about, and only to come around that when when they start try to talk about what we're actually talking about, they really don't have much to say. And so I'm going to show people what the word, the place name Kemet, actually is, or actually what it means. All right. Uh, so I'm going to share my screen real quick while I talk. So I want everybody to be very, very clear on this. The place name Kemet. Now, mind you, this is all we're talking about. We're talking about the meaning of the place name Kemet. We're not talking about the adjective black uh, being found in other African languages. We're not talking about whether or not the Egyptians called uh, different items and things black or not. As an adjective, obviously, if they have an adjective in their language, they're going to use it. Like that's like a duh moment. Like I don't really understand. Like, like I I really think that the audience should feel offended because because it's almost like the people are 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 playing on the ignorance of the audience or hoping the audience is ignorant of things. But this is real simple. Like I could have handled the conversation. I call. I actually called into Sonetta's uh, channel. Just to tell people to watch our video, because I did a video last night, not even knowing that Ned was going to go on, on Sarnetta and say what he said. But I actually covered everything he said. 
that's all I was going to do. So I never didn't, didn't give me a chance to speak because I guess, you know, whatever uh, the, the way he had it set up. But anyway, the um, place name Kemet is referring to the riparian country. We translate it as the riparian country or the riparian kingdom or the riparian zone, however you want to uh, call it. Because, you know, country is more of a, mo a modern uh, conceptualization. But they had a kingdom, obviously, because they had kings. Okay. But the geographical territory that we know as the Arab Republic of Egypt today was called Kemet. And what they mean by that is that it is the riparian zone or the riparian country. And so the three variations that you see on the screen, put my cursor here so y'all can see it. The one on the left, the one in the middle, and the one on the right, they're all variations for the same word. Okay. And so all three of these words are referring to the place name Kemet as the kingdom, and it means the repairing country. So we tell people what the word repairing. Now, mind you, now I want y'all to notice something. Nobody was saying the word repairing until we until we brought it up. All right. Everybody can bear witness to that. Nobody was talking about repairing or even knowing what the word repairing is. So we tell people what it means. A riparian zone is relating to or situated on the banks of a river. So, Unc, is Egypt not sitting on the banks of a river? Yes or no? Relating yeah. to or situated on the banks of a river. It's sitting on the largest river, 4,100 miles in the world. That's okay. it. Is. Bullet two, relating to wetlands adjacent to rivers or streams. That describes... That describes both uh, atmospheres or, or environments that we call the Nile Valley civilization. And the reason why I say both, listen closely. Ancient Egypt was two different environments. One is called the valley, which is the narrow strip uh, of river where people live and hugged the river. And the other environment was called the delta. It forms like a triangle and it pans out. Matter of fact, let me just show y'all what I'm talking about. Let me let me just show you. The delta, where you find Asiatics at, where you find Pyramuses at, where they claim Pyramuses built at. Right here. So, so from this area going all the way down, it's very narrow. I, I think somebody got their mic open. Uh, from this area going all the way down, it's very narrow. This is the valley. If anybody looks up and knows what a valley is, a valley is a is a deep impression in the earth that's flanked by higher ground. So a valley is like a, a sunken area that's that's wrapped uh, or contained within two higher areas. So we call this a valley. So we got hills. So if you were to walk from the river going to the right, you're going to run into hills and desert, of course. And you do the same thing going to the left. You're going to run into hills and the desert, of course. So this is the Nile Valley. So even when people today say the Nile Valley civilization, they're only talking about this. I mean, they, you know, they're talking about all of Egypt, but technically they're only talking about this. This part is called the Nile Delta. Delta is the triangle symbol in Greek language. And so because this has a shape of a triangle, they call it the Delta. And so you got the Nile Delta. And the Nile Valley. I got a question. 
Yeah. Is there more than is Kemet indigenous to just Kemet or are there other places in Africa that could be considered or is named Kemet? Yes, there there's cognizant and, and Asar has done the work on the place name Kemet and show <clears throat> and show those cognates. That's why I say people are gonna have to get the book because we outlined it. He has tables and shows, he shows the method first and then he shows the the um the 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 demonstrate the reasoning behind it and the conclusions and all of that good stuff. So so okay, so we, we basically showing uh the, the 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 history behind it. And so then let me ask you this question and show you how calling chemic black people don't fit into nothing. So 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 people name things out of history, you know, historical reasons. You know what I'm saying so you name the place to let where you came from. You feel me? Uh you do that. And so these people that came over here and in the Americas, they wanted to show where they came from. And so they named their places after their homelands. Okay. Uh, so next point is uh, people name things out of, you know, sometimes out of events, out of things that happen. You know what I'm saying? So so in the 12th dynasty, uh, you did, would you say the 11th or the 12th dynasty, Wuja? 11th dynasty. So what in the hell was going on that would prompt them? Because remember that the place name, it's not created on Kemet. They didn't name the kingdom that until around what? You said the 12th dynasty, right? 11th dynasty. Not my fault, 11th dynasty. So what in the hell would have been going on? Why would they do that? As opposed to naming a country black people. What what was happening? Right. And that's that's just some logic, common sense that people should understand. Like why, why would it take them to the 11th dynasty to all of a sudden recognize their skin color if, if the skin color was the inspiration for the place name? They was walking around floating invisible. Listen, skin color is not the inspiration for place names. And I am like I said, three years ago, we did a whole presentation on how Africans named their their uh, place names. We did a whole whole video on toponymy. We did a whole video three years ago. This is not new. Go back. And so, yeah, go back on our channel. It's still there. Watch it. But uh, but uh, let me come back here. So so what we're saying that Kemet is, it's a riparian country. And the dichotomy is this, and I want people to understand this. This is a little teaching moment, all right? I want everybody to listen very clearly. In the ancient Egyptians' conceptualization of their uh, territory, their land, they had two dualities, which means they had four separate realities, okay? Two dualities, two pairs of two, all right? One pair I already explained. They had they envision this narrow area where the Nile is very narrow and, and you can only live hugged up against the river proper. Okay, nobody's living out here. They, now, they had, they had a few posts out here to do mining, to mine precious metals and things like that, but nobody was living out here. All right. Everybody lived right on up, up in uh, uh, close to the river. This is called Tashima'u. Okay. This is what we call upper. Kemet. And it was upper because of its elevation, not because it's up on a map. All right. <laughs> the, the second conceptualization, the dichotomy with, with this is the delta, which is we call lower Kemet. Why? Because it's, it's low. It's at sea level. It dumps out into the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. So this is why we call lower because of the, of the terrain level, upper because it's going towards mountain. Okay, the further down you go, especially into Uganda, Kenya, 
and uh, we get to Lake Victoria and Lake Tana. Those are up in the mountains. All right. So those that's one dichotomy. That's one duality. You have upper and lower. Then the second reality du du duality is between inner and outer. So this is where you get the wet areas or areas that's accessible to water versus areas that are inaccessible to water. So you get the dry areas versus the wet areas. And the dry area was on both sides of the wet area. So you have Kemet, then you have Desheret. And so people would like to say that it's black versus red, but that's not the dichotomy. The dichotomy is wet versus dry. Water is necessary. Water was the essential thing. The Nile was the most important thing to the ancient Egyptians' very survival. It wasn't their skin color. It was water. And water is the inspiration because after the 11th dynasty, the reason why the Egyptians started to call the entire kingdom Kemet was because before the Middle Kingdom started, you had a first intermediate period. And I'm going to ask anybody on the panel, what was the major catalyst that caused the intermediate period, the first intermediate period? Does anybody know? Drought. There you go. A drought. A, a, a drought that threatened the very survival of Egypt and its people took place during the first intermediate period or what caused the first intermediate period. Coming out of it, when the Nile started to flood properly and flood right, they had access to water again in the normal levels. And then the country started thriving and they, and they uh, gained um, trust and faith back into the king. So, so the, the local, the civil wars of these local nomarchs, as they call them, or these um, overseers of these various different sapat or these these uh, areas, uh, they rose in power because people lost faith in the king. Because remember, the king one of the king's jobs was to maintain the sustainability of the entire kingdom. And when the water fell short and droughts occurred, they felt that the deities and uh, the king didn't have the power or wasn't running the kingdom properly. So they lost faith in that. So they gave that power over to the nomarchs, the local governors. They had to step it up, and they did. And they started to rise in power. But then when the water level started to uh, go back to normal and everything like that, then they thought that the king was back in power. Kemet became Kemet at that time, period. So two dichotomies, Kemet versus Desheret. Then you got the delta, which is called Ta-Mehu, and then the uh, narrow strip is called Ta-Shema'u. Tashimau, Tamehu, together was called Tawi, the two lands. Why would the Egyptians call one their one land two lands? Because they actually envisioned and conceptualized their kingdom as two totally different environments, the delta and the valley. That's Tawi. Two lands. You don't see two lands here, but it's two different types of land. That's what Tawi is talking about. Idebwi mm -hmm. is called the two banks. That's the left and right dichotomy. The up and down dichotomy is Tashimau and Tamehu. Let it be known, let it be remembered, and make sure y'all uh, explain that to people.
Y'all still there? I'm right here. You hear me? Yep. Yeah, I was looking for this article uh, to show when exactly the Sahara switched back and forth. Uh, so you could actually see that. Um, and you talked about areas that 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 uh, we wasn't necessarily living in. That's because when it all turned to desert, uh, that switch based off the tilt wobble earth, uh, tilt wobbled earth, where the monsoon rains left the Sahara, where the Sahara literally means desert, left and went back down south. Those areas that, that are now desert, you know what I'm saying? It used to be plush land. I wanted to give you an actual article on that to show you. Um, I don't seem to have it. I think I, well, shoot, the daggone thing came off. Uh, you can type in, uh, type in when the Sahara turned to sand. That's an important one. Or go to the Journal of Nature. Uh, you can go to, uh, shoot, pacemaker for North Africa climate. Uh, Sahara swung between the lush and desert conditions 20,000 years in sync with the monsoon activity. See, I didn't just make that shit up. But we're not sitting around here making shit up. All right. And so let me let me say this. Right. It makes absolutely no goddamn sense for a group of black people around a group of black people darker than them to name themselves the black people and then don't even color themselves black people. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole thing is fucking crazy and shenanigans. And I can't believe people is falling for it, but I kind of get it now because niggas be hating. Niggas be hating. So we go from the scholarship to now you all of a sudden uh you plagiarize something, right? I ain't we ain't they ain't plagiarize nothing. It's in the damn book with the source. And I just showed and I put the book up so y'all could see that. Y'all need to be on their heads for that. Every time they make a video, y'all need to be gunning them down in the chat room for that. Right? So, 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 so what, what are we talking about here? When you start naming your country after your color, your skin, what's going on here? They didn't even have those type of conditions where all of a sudden they felt inferior. That's really an inferior thing to do. You never see white people call them, name themselves white people. Oh, we the white people. They don't have to do that. Only if people subjected to racism, white supremacy, subjected to kidnapping and slavery, right? Uh, history being stripped away and torn away the need to stand up and say I'm black and I'm proud you would have had to have something stripped from you to be black and proud you already would know you was proud you mean you had to have lost something and you're trying to get it back that's not what it was at 2500 BCE at 1500 BCE that's not what it was these people were in charge of their food clothing and shelter and protected it they was in charge of that. There's need, no need for that. But those who are not in charge of their food, clothing, and shelter, they have to do that. They have to beat their chest that we black. They have to beat their chest that our melanin is better. Because we're in a climate of racism, white supremacy. And that's the only way you can goddamn fight. Because you have been underdeveloped. Underdeveloped by the slave trade. Underdeveloped by the culture itself. Living in the very culture helps underdevelop you. The culture is not supposed to teach you how to defeat them culturally, spiritually, socially, and economically. They do not teach you that. So when niggas say, man, they ain't teaching that. Why the hell? They, they ain't supposed to. You supposed to do what we're doing right now. You supposed to teach your people. So the environment of the colorisms 
wasn't there in Egypt. It wasn't there in, 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 in Greece. And it wasn't there in Rome. That's not an ancient practice. Anyway, it's an anachronism is what's going on. Meaning we're taking something that is occurring now and placing on a group of people that wouldn't have known none of that. They, that that's not their response. They the superpower at this particular junction. Read the book when Egypt ruled the East. Like they influenced everything in their world. Not the whole world, but their world. So people who are influencers and dominate the landscape and technology, sciences, spirituality, building, engineering, chemistry, medical science, battlefield science, the first writing of medical papyruses, they do not have time to worry about how black they is amongst a bunch, bunch of black people. Hell, the whole goddamn Middle East is people of color, brown people. You know what I'm saying? Zone two is brown people. Changing seasonally from, from, from lighter brown to darker brown. Seasonally. Look it up. Go to the skin map. Okay? Zone one is zone two, right? The darker people reside on zone one, right? The Egyptians lives in zone two. No, you know what I'm saying? The northern region of Egypt, zone two. You got to go down to Sudan, which is on the equator, they get darker. So that don't make no sense for them. Everybody is brown. You can't even find a brown person because everybody is damn brown or black. Dumb. Only African-Americans would do that, responding to racism, white supremacy. So historically speaking, that does not sit, y'all. We just gave you the whole historical piece on why they was naming themselves that based off the water, based off of living in the river, based off of that, and you and you listen to people like Ned and Ned and Reggie talk that nonsense. Yeah, man, yeah, Wu Jiao, man. I'm sorry you had to do this, but I just couldn't take it. But I'm officially done with this. So talk, keep talking, talking, talking. Go get on Sarnetta. Go do all that. Go do that. It's not going to help you in this situation because you're done. You've been carpet bombed. <laughs> but see, we, we've been done. That's why we put it in the book. So we just tell people to get the book. And if you got questions, uh, people have been asking some some uh, pretty good questions in the chat uh, just now. I've been trying to um, answer at least the ones that I could see. So hopefully, uh, forgive me if I didn't get if I didn't see all people who are addressing me, but I can only type. Uh, I can only do what which ones I could see. But back up and grab them. Yeah, I only can scroll up. It only allowed me to scroll up, but so far, but I answered some some people who was asking some good questions. Uh, but let, let me repeat it though for the for the uh, for the for the uh, record because I think it was some good uh, good questions. Somebody asked me, is the is the name Kemet? The place named Kemet and Exonym. And um, and for those who don't know, an exonym is the word exo means outside. So it's a it's a name and, and nim from onim we name. So it's a it's a name that's acquired from from foreigners. It's when foreigners name you or name someplace or whatever. And so I told him no, that the place named Kemet is an endonymic toponym, which means that the Egyptians named that themselves. That's that's their own homegrown indigenous name okay so it's an endonymic toponym all right so that um that one was one question and then i think true story and asked was there um did what anybody call white and i was i was telling them that that um in terms of kemet there's no phrase or word for white people all right so they didn't see 
our modern conceptualizations of of race is a is a modern social construct and it's a ranking system you know i did a video on this as well you know and they didn't have that in ancient times and that's something that people just going to wrap their minds around they did, had no they did not do that the uh, of course they they made distinctions between people but the criteria for those distinctions are not the same as what we use today so the modern constructs did not exist in ancient times period people just got to understand that and you should seek out what are the what were those requirements and i'll just name a few right now so people could uh start looking them up uh a lot of african communities just makes distinctions between populations of people based on uh one a couple of major things language because if, if you don't speak the same language you would consider a different you know a distinction was made your um mode of production survival whether you were pastoralist uh, agriculturalist or nomadic and all those other kind of things that that factored in your choice of weaponry what was your what was your defense mechanism what what was your main choice of weaponry okay those kinds of things uh, are also factored factored in your your national dress how how you can be uh, stereotypically depicted in terms of how you present yourself visually in dress that was a factor as well so all those kinds of things um just to name a few were factored in but this whole color thing was not their cup of tea period the egyptians themselves 99% of all Egyptian art is they they use the red pigmentation called desher or jiru tiriu which means red pigment they use red pigment and a and a shades of red that we call brown or reddish brown to depict themselves in 99% of the artwork for over 3000 years y'all you can walk from dynasty 1 all the way to dynasty 30 and you will see this red pigmentation for men period and where you do see the rare instances of somebody being painted black pigmentation it has a funerary connotation and just read the text and you'll figure all that out so you know i i missed questions um okay so somebody asks uh and forgive me if i can't scroll all the way up but somebody asks well joe how does what is called nubia play into all of this see these are good questions uh, y'all uh first of all understand that there's no such thing as nubia um i mean nubia is a misnomer so let me let me just say that outright nu nubia is a misnomer here we go another debate yeah hey, ah <laughs> oh, man but that's what i'm saying uh no what what people presently try to call nubia was called by the egyptians ta nahisi ta nahisi was a whole region that was south of kemet okay those people were considered distinct people from the egyptians by the egyptians themselves so the remich did not see themselves as the same as those people who came from ta nahisi or we call it the Nehisiu. They're different. Now, Nubia is actually within Egypt, but that's not what people mean today. They're, when people say Nubia today, they're talking about Sudan today. They're talking about south of Egypt. Mm -hmm. It was never called that. It was called Tanahisi, and within Tanahisi, you had different places called Wawat, Iram, 
uh, and all that stuff. You got Kush down there. They call Kash. That's down there. But Nubia is actually in Egypt in two prominent places. Today, you can look up, you can Google this. You can go on Wikipedia and look up these two places. Ombos, O-M-B-O-S, Ombos, and then Kom-Ombo, K-O-M-O-M-B-O. Kom-Ombo and, Com and Ombos. Those are two places that were anciently called Nub. The word Nub is gold. And so those two places would be your original Nubia. And one of the two out of the ones I said is the ancient pre-dynastic um, site called Nakata. Those would be your original Nubians, but they would be Egyptians. That's not what people are talking about. So hopefully that cleared it up. So how, how they play in, into this? They don't because <laughs> they're not Egyptians. And matter of fact, you can look at the artwork where the Egyptians made a distinction between, between uh, the Nahisu. They painted them darker than themselves. The Egyptians used reddish brown. They painted the, uh, the Nahisu people south of them darker colors. Whenever the Nahisu was in the same scenery as an Egyptian, they're always darker. Always darker. They painted them with a stereotypical uh, jewelry, an earring in their, in their ears, necklaces around their neck. They had a certain hairstyle and they had prominent lips and prominent noses. This is how the Egyptians uh, depict them. Matter of fact, let me just show because like, like I said, demonstration beats conversation. Let me quickly show this real quick. Uh, Uncle, let me just show this to the, to the folks. Uh, he brought it up and I'm just going to show him. So here is who you are talking about. Okay, so here's a uh, typical depiction of a person who lives south of Kemet. You, what you will see is the prominent lips, the prominent nose, big earring coming through the uh, ears, and usually some kind of jewelry on their neck. You also see a rope around their neck right here because this particular one is a prisoner. You'll see a feather for some, but you see this kind of hairstyle, okay? And they usually have this, this uh, uh, peculiar mark on the cheek to show the cheekbones. That's how they saw him. Here's another picture. Notice the lips, the nose, the big earring, feather. Here's another one. Notice the mouth, lips. Notice the nose. Here, here's that, here's that, um, that wrinkle in the cheek. Here's the, here's the earring. Racist depiction. <laughs> this is how the Egyptians depicted their southern neighbors. Okay. Now, if we were to look at this outside of the ancient context and we would look at this today, we would call that racist because this is what uh, these racist cartoons, like these cartoons are, are considered racist cartoons. But I want you to notice that in these cartoons that they depict these, these individuals in these cartoons the same as the Egyptians depicted their southern neighbors. So if this we is considered your screen, Wujang. they can't see the picture. We can't see the picture. Oh man, they didn't see the picture the whole time I was doing that. Yeah, go man. back. All right, let me go back. I, I apologize, y'all. You did that on purpose. You was making that up. I was running my mouth, making it up. No, no, you was about to plagiarize something. That's why you hid it from us, bro. All right, so let me start over. So as I was saying. This is how the Egyptians depicted their southern neighbors. Okay. 
you see the lips right here you see the nose is prominent you see the uh earring in the ear is very prominent you'll see the scar on the cheek or this wrinkle on the cheek to to emphasize the cheeks and they usually have jewelry around the neck the certain hairstyle and a feather okay this particular so, uh, so let me say this though Uja, real quick so you see that what you're looking at right so so they're actually depicting uh are uh, their neighbors using uh um you know what i mean like real measurements almost you know what i'm saying they're not stylizing it kind of showing what they look like but you notice they always got all egyptians they all look the same Feel me? Because it's stylized art. Right. It's the they're actually showing their braids, they're doing everything. You know, it's different. Go ahead. Yeah, this is a distinction. So right. so this is how they stylize their southern neighbors. Yep. So, so that's one picture. And the other picture I showed was this one. You see the prominent lips. You see the nose. You see the big earring and so on. This is another prisoner. And here's another one. You see uh, the lips prominent you see the nose you see that wrinkle for the cheek to emphasize the cheeks you see the wrinkles next to the eyes okay you see the uh earring in the in the ear and then the the um hairstyle okay this is how the ancient egyptians depicted what people call nubians they're not called nubians by the egyptians but that's what people like to call them today that's their southern neighbors these are the nahisiu from that region and so what i was saying was that if this if we were to take it out of the ancient con context and bring it to modern day we would say it's racist because this is these are examples of what people call racist cartoons where you see the people with the lips the the earrings the same thing the lips the earrings the jewelry uh the lips the earrings the jewelry the hair thing the, the bracelets and stuff like that in this picture the lips and so on we refer to these as racist cartoons so if we can say these are racist cartoons the question becomes were the egyptians racist and we can't say that they were because it's a different context different time different era of time okay so i just wanted everybody to understand that the egyptians did not see themselves as the nubians so we need to stop romanticizing that they didn't. They depicted themselves like this here. Let me show you how the Egyptians depicted themselves. This is how the Egyptians depict themselves. Okay. You see the reddish brown. This is from the 12th dynasty. You see the reddish brown pigmentation. You see the black hair and how this look. Okay. Um, you see these alternating shades of red or brown. So we have the reddish brown. Then we have a slightly darker one. A reddish brown slightly darker one this is a scribal canon when they want to show a multitude of people they alternate one person lighter and one person darker to 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 reflect the the concept of multitude a crowd okay they do it in their art here's another one reddish brown the woman is gold okay this is from the sixth dynasty all right, so we can go, we can we can walk all the way from the first dynasty, uh, whatever pictures you can find. This is from the fourth dynasty. Okay, reddish brown. All right. His wife next to him, if you wanted to depend on the on the color, she would be white, but you don't really see uh paint here. 
but they painted the women usually a pale yellow or gold from pale yellow to gold again from pale yellow to gold all right so that's how the Egyptians depict themselves. Here's from the 18th dynasty. Look at all this reddish brown everywhere. Reddish brown, reddish brown, reddish brown everywhere. Reddish brown. All right. 20th dynasty. Reddish brown. A man is bald headed. When it comes to the to the southern neighbors, they depicted them differently. Look at the Egyptian. Reddish brown, same colors they depict the sun. Compared to the uh, their southern neighbors. That's where you get this dark color. So why would the Egyptian, now check this out. Here's the logic, y'all. Everybody listen to right now, just pay attention to this logic, okay? If the Egyptians named their country after the inspiration of their skin color, but yet they never painted themselves black and, supposed, and the place name Kim is supposed to be black and the inspiration is supposed to be their skin color, then why would they paint their southern neighbors black or colors very close to black, but not themselves black, but call their country black, but then call this country down here something different? <clears throat> that makes no sense. And so we are laying all of this out. And so I'm telling you all, get our current book, which is a preliminary, it's to bring you up to speed. But in the fall, we hope to publish the full publication which is going to be work that has never been done before. This is pioneering work. Don't believe the hype. These, these folks don't know what they're talking about. This is pioneering work that nobody's done. No scholar has done. And scholars admit this. They will tell you that no, no one has done that work. It's all been an assumption. All scholars have assumed that the Kim in the place name Kemet is the additive black, but they have never demonstrated that. They've never done the necessary work to show that. Period. But that day has changed now. Now with the Shimsu Heru research team, uh, which includes myself, Sanjeti, and Saramotep, that has changed. All right, but that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, well, like we did a thorough job on that, man. Now we're sending the, we're calling back the fighter squadron. Calling them in right now. Right, and, and everything is smooth going and it's all flattened out. Right, I already know what it is. So, yeah, I'm thinking it was a great show right here. Uh, yeah, Chuck, you know, I sent you the link to Mr. Morgan. Um, so yeah, man, yep, it's all gravy. Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Got 126,000 people. I see you, Zan. I see you, Shaz Mubatar. Where the hell you been at? True story in MBK, y'all know what it is. The great Kaba. Kaba the Great. Y'all know what it is. Uh, who else we got? I see Mr. Reed, Omar Reed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see you, y'all, Danielle. God damn. <laughs> I can't even read your name, man. Gotta do something a little more simpler than that. Uh, who else we got in there? African Emporium, Dagger Squad. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hold on, my thing folds up a little bit. Man, I hope y'all enjoyed the show. But yeah, net and there, man, for the record, man. You pseudo bro with all that, man. Yeah, you 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 doing a little bit too much, man. Stick to the point. Uh stick to the real debate topic. All right, and and then see where you at with that. 
right, I see you in there, Black. Uh, Gullah, I see you. I see you. All right. Who else I see? Important. Are you out, Raw? I see you. Kwame, me out, Raw. I see you. Lex, <laughs> Lex Luthor. Yeah, I see you. Hey, let me answer this question. Somebody said, did the Egyptians say that the earth was flat? <laughs> yeah, they sure did. They fell off. That's why they had all their pictures flat like that. The master flat earth. They wanted to match it up. Yeah, but uh, to answer that, you know, the Egyptians um, called their land Ta, and Ta is depicted as a flat strip of land because the inhabitable parts of, of where they lived at and where they preferred was flat. But they, they were not talking about the whole earth at all. The Egyptians weren't even concerned with the whole earth. All right, so let it be known. Like today, we got to understand, man, y'all, we really have to slow these conversations down and we cannot, we got to really have a paradigm shift. Today, we talk in global terms. Why? Because we have way better modes of transportation. We could travel the globe real, we could trek the globe real fast today. Get in a plane, eight hours, eight hours in any direction pretty much take you around the world. Eight hours to the to the to the east, eight hours to the west from the east coast here, it pretty much gets you where you need to go. Um, you know yeah. So I'm saying that we talk in terms of global stuff. You know, we, we we could reach out globally. In ancient times, man, they didn't have the concept of 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 the same concepts we have. Not even the concept of a continent. Y'all got to understand that. So all this talk about flat earth and stuff, as far as ancient people is concerned, nah, they weren't worried about the whole earth. So anything that they conceived would have just been, you know, what they saw in their environment empirically and then what they, what their imagination may have um, drew uh, when they contemplated. But the Egyptians did not do that. All right. The, the fact of the matter, the math that they used to build these temples and things lets you know that they did not think of a flat earth. The math would not have worked out the way it worked. The matter of fact, the Great Pyramid of Giza is mathematically um, based on a, a spherical earth. Ah. Period. From the from the no, it's from the from the height to the to the base and right. from the and from the base the acreage the, the how much uh uh area that it takes up these numbers are multiples of the number uh, of the numbers that measure the actual circumference of the earth did it mean they traveled to earth no they didn't have to they observed certain things certain uh, uh phenomenon in the sky in the day and the night to make these calculations they didn't have to uh, uh witness it empirically yeah, how many times, you know, how long it take for the earth to go around the sun? Even, even their calendar, the calendar system. I mean, it's it's a lot, but, you know, but the answer is no. Yeah, so, all right, man, I see you in that dagger squad late, better late than never. Uh, um, I'm in Hotep, I see you. All right. So, yeah, man, look, we out of here, man. I ain't want to run it off. But, yeah, we had to drop them weaponry in real quick. So I just want y'all to know, you know, anybody can goddamn get it at the end of the day. All right. Let's get that straight. Hey, real, real quick. Uh, 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 I just want to tell people, just uh, go get the book. 
uh, some nice work in the book. Also, me and Sean did an article. Sean did an article um, called The Conscious, uh, Conscious Confusion on the place name of Akimit. Go check that article out. He talks about um, uh, the debate, and he actually went to uh, the ASCAT conference in 2007 in New York. He talks about that in the article. Also, go check out my article. I did a write-up on the book, Who is the Sim Shuguru? So if you want to know who is the Sim Shuguru, I lay out all their qualifications uh, in the book, and I give different uh, excerpts uh, in the book. Um, so go check those two articles out uh, as well, uh, dealing with this topic we're talking about tonight. Okay, and I just want to let me close out uh, and just summarize something real quick. So um, please go check out uh, Seshu Mindy Metal Next YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Just check out the video we did last night, Friday night, prior to today's show that Netta Neb did. And you'll see where I cover uh, pre cover everything that he basically covered tonight not even knowing so this is not new it's not old don't believe the hype in terms of the intellectual dishonesty no such thing exists um in terms of plagiarism that's a fallacy that's false uh, we list the um citations and all that kind of stuff we talk about the style see these people are not just used to to um to scholarship obviously um, and I, you know, I, we never make claims about, uh, Kemet or the word Kim not being black. Like for example, Sonetta, the way even Sonetta asked the question, he said that, um, he did it, you know, Sonetta did an interview on the corner. I think when they were celebrating, um, I think Dr. Ben's name being put as, as a street, uh, on the street, either him or I believe it was right. Dr. Ben's name was being honored. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, during that time, I think he ran into Infundishi, uh, Mario Beatty. I think Reggie was out there and he asked them the question and see the way you ask people ask the question, you know, like people are saying the Amara squad or we, us, like they just say Amara squad. They don't know this the Shimsu Heru research team, but they say Amara squad is saying that Kemet doesn't mean black. That's not what we're saying. Stop saying that. We're not saying that. All right. We're very specific in what we're saying. People need to people need to just chill out, read the book, and realize what we're talking about. Cause it's a lot of wasted time. So that's why I, I gotta tell people to get the book or ask us what we're saying. Or watch some videos we're doing. Cause we say it over and over again. We've been consistent. We are not moving the goalposts. All these other people are moving the goalposts. They're they're conjuring claims that's never not made. They're moving the goalposts once they try to try to impeach something. They, they abandoned it, but they don't want to admit it. And then it's like pr pr uh, just hate, just straight up hate for whatever reason. Like I could care less what what uh, uh, any other videos that they make. That's why I tell the brothers, I'm not, I don't debate Reggie. Listen, the brother Reggie is a good brother. I met him. I had no problem with the brother. I told him the same thing. I don't see him as an equal um, or a peer when it comes to this. So I don't debate people like that. Same thing with Ned and Ned. I would tell the same thing with, with Unc. If Unc tried to scream, debate me, or I challenge you to debate, 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 I'd be like, Unc, man, sit down. I'm not debating you. So, so it's not personal at all. You know, these people are not competent. And I can tell. 
because the way they talk about stuff, when they talk about the femininity rule and stuff like that, they didn't know. They don't know. And people understand, I've been teaching this language for, oh, for eight years now, eight years. And again, when it comes to qualifications or whatever the case is, I've been teaching this for eight years on a beginner's level and with the grammar, full stop from A to Z. I could break down all aspects of the, of the language. And I do that. I got classes going on right now. So if you're interested in learning, I'm actually starting a new beginners group, but I'm teaching a grammar group right now. And some of the students in the class are Dr. Riketi Amin's students. So when people try to pit me against Dr. Riketi Amin, it's not going to work. I am a student of Dr. Riketi Amin as well. So, um, so she, she is, is my formal teacher in this a long time ago before she even had a website. So it's not going to work if people are trying to put me against her or her against me. Because when Netta Neb lied and told people that I got kicked out of her class or her group and stuff like that, and that I don't have a right to teach because I never finished this, that, that, whatever the stuff he was saying and typed, um, that's just not true. I immediately called her. I, I, I reached out to her, called her, talked to her about 40 minutes, showed her told her what was being said and stuff. And she was shocked. She, she doesn't support that kind of stuff. She's not even into the drama. She don't even know why he said that. She's like, where you get that from? Mm. So I told her, I'm not even going to worry about it. Cause you know, it's, it's just some petty stuff. And she said, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, it's part of the territory, you know, keep it moving, keep doing your work and this, that, and the third and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I said, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I said, if it grows legs, I'm going to have to say something. So now, now I'm saying something, but now I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that that's just a bold-faced lie, but I'm saying that's the, that's the level that these people will go to instead of just sitting back, same team in it. Let's do this research together. They always want to put this adversarial situation, uh, make it adversarial, make it a fight, make it, make it, uh, this person against that person. Like later for that, man, that's, that's like the, that's like the early 2000 way of doing stuff. You know, like what what are we gonna do? We're gonna always do that. We gotta be entertained that much to create uh uh intellectual beefs and stuff. That's for the birds. That's that immature childish stuff. I don't involve myself with that. That's why I don't see me debating out here because it's it I, I end up teaching anyway. I'd rather teach in a teaching environment rather than an adversarial environment. Because people that try to debate what that would try to debate me rather position themselves as an opponent. But I'm at the end up teaching them anyway. So why do that? Just come as a student or come as a colleague at the at if 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 you know if your ego gets bruised calling yourself a student or something, but why adversary? You know what I'm saying? So that's that's all crazy to me. And that's what these people are are um are attempting to do. So I told Reggie, and see, Reggie will say our one side of his mouth, he'll say, Okay, well, Jao is a is a uh, Metonetra scholar. He's one of the best that I know, whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Reggie will say those things. He'll, you know, give me those uh, credits and whatnot, right? But on the other hand, whenever he I disagree or he disagreed, then all of a sudden all that stuff go out the way. So come on, man. People got to be consistent. None of this stuff is personal. And, and if you take it personal, it's not for you. It's not for you. I got tough skin. None of this stuff bothers me, period, at all. This information, I share it. I teach it. You got questions. I do my best to answer and I keep it moving, period. 
And if I say something that you feel is incorrect, bring it. Write it, though. Don't have this disorganized, hyperinflated, imaginary arguments and all this kind of stuff and try to come at me like an opponent. No, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. All right. So people got to understand that. So especially people who are not very um, competent or, 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 or um, you know, proficient in this. You know, people actually have the gall or the audacity to think, <laughs> to think that I don't know how to write. <laughs> and that begs the question, man, do these people have, have these people graduated from high school? Like people need to ask these questions. I'm gonna have to start asking for some SAT scores or some or some <laughs> cards around here or something. You know what I'm saying? Like people got to show some 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 something. You know, so when it, you know, it's to talk about qualifications, and then the name dropping got to stop, man. Name dropping doesn't matter. Everybody can make, nobody's infallible. Everybody can make mistakes. And the, and the thing about this issue, what makes this issue unique or, or, or special is because no scholar has done the work. So you can't even, you can't even invoke anybody. No scholar has done the work. You can't invoke anybody on this. This is this is fresh territory right here. All these years, everybody just assumed. And I'm going to tell you, that assumption comes from the Greeks, because remember, the Greeks say that Egypt is the gift of the Nile. You know what they were talking about when they say that? Um, do you know? Uh, what were you talking about? They were talking about the Delta. Because the Delta is the end of the Nile. Remember, the Nile River, only 25 percent of the Nile River is in Egypt. The rest of the rest of the river, the white and blue now, um, uh, actually, the, the unification of the white and blue happens in Sudan at Khartoum. But prior to that, it splits into the white and blue now and it goes into the Ethiopia on one side and it comes into uh, Lake Tana and or Lake Victoria and on the other side down towards uh, Uganda and Kenya. But the but but the. Um, the bulk of the of the river is not even in Egypt. So Egypt deposits its its gifts. The now, excuse me, the now deposits its gifts down to Egypt at the completion of the now. You know, that's what they call the the Egypt is the gift of the now. And remember, when they say Egyptos. They're talking about Hutkapata, that area in Memphis. And if you know where all that stuff is, it's the beginning of that, that Delta area where they say where the capital was. And that's where the Greeks focused on the most. And that's why they call the whole country after that one temple complex. So people got, I mean, people got to slow it down. It's a lot to, to learn, a lot to talk about and stuff like that. It's not, you know, all this little hoopla and microwave and stuff is for the birds. That, that's you know, like do that for some for the Bible stuff, like argue with Hebrews in the Bible that way. Don't don't deal with this stuff that way. You can't do it. You're not going to be able to do it. Hmm. you sure as hell trying. So anyway, that's my piece. Listen, I'm not dealing with this. Like people get the book. I welcome any questions. Uh, from the book, get the book and ask your questions. That's why we wrote it. We wrote it to bring people up to speed. Okay. And remember this, this is, that's just a preliminary. That's just to bring people up to speed. We are working on a publication that we hope to publish in the fall. 
you know, if all goes well, um, or, you know, this year at least, where we're going to completely cover this entire topic. The brother Asari Motep has been studying this, this very specific question for 20 years. Nobody in the community can, can make that claim but him. Okay? He's been studying this, this specific question. Now, I'm not saying study Kemet, uh, the, the culture. I'm talking about this specific research question. Asar has been dealing with it for 20 years. I don't have 20 years for this specific research question. <laughs> so Asar has been doing it longer than I have, longer than Sanjeti. So, he, so he's done it the longest out of the three of us. What I add to the table is my skill set, my expertise in this whole thing. I deal with the grammar, the philology, the text. But when you're dealing with Egypt, uh, excuse me, etymology, you have to cover at the very least six areas. And no scholar's ever done that, but that's what we're doing. All right. And we're not alone in this now. Y'all just hear us and see us, but we're not alone in, in these sentiments. There's several other African scholars that have had the same question and do not believe that Kemet means uh, is inspired by black. The place name Kemet. Of course, there is a word black, Kem, in the language. <laughs> We're not talking about that. <laughs> and I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all may not even know this, that, that just like the word desher means red, and it's inspired by the actual color of a bird, the flamingo. The word Kim, black, was inspired because of hair color, black. All right, I paused so that could sink in. That's why the word for black in the adjectival adjective form uh, has a determinative of a hair glyph. Because it was inspired by the color of hair. Black hair. That's why the Egyptians painted their hair black, but they painted their skin red. Don't get it twisted, all right? So I just want everybody to understand that. Um, don't get it twisted. Hey, man, make sure y'all support abs you wear, man. You know what I'm saying? Yo, get your shoes, your sneakers, man. You know we got the different colors, different flavors, man. You know, y'all got to make sure y'all step up, man. Do that thing, man. You know, abs you wear. You know what I'm saying? Fashion that connects you back to the cosmo. Scientific literacy. Hmm. Y'all know what it is, man. Uh, I think I, I think I share the sentiments of everybody that uh, we didn't beat the topic to death. And we just wanted to make, we just wanted to let, let them know. You know what I'm saying? We see you. I'm saying running around making up shit and you you know make you famous make you famous yeah so you say the research go ahead what's great say would yeah i'm saying these folks got to stop stop trying to uh debate man I, i'm telling people send me your teacher don't send me don't come send me your teacher if it's if, it, if you don't have a doctor in front of your name i ain't hearing it <laughs> I, I'm not hearing it. Send me your teachers. Send me your teachers. All the people you hold hold up high and want a name drop on. Send those. I don't come. Yeah, go get them. <laughs> go get them. Send those. All right, because I we don't have I don't have time for the immature drama, name calling, the the uh bad character, all this other kind of stuff. 
these guys uh, refer to us as silly and lunatics and all this stuff and then cry when people want to say something about about them ready to fight these are the biggest softest softest tough guys <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i'm saying people just got to stop all that get with the information get the book come with some questions we gotta um we're having matter of fact uh i know you're sharing you're sharing uh the products and stuff but on on my screen i'm i'm letting people know that we got a um a q a coming up so if you don't have the book you have a little bit of time get it digest as much as you can and then we're having another q a about the book uh myself sanjeti asar we are um gonna go live and it's going to be a Q&A session based on the book. So as you read, write down your questions, do all that good stuff. All right. Um, and we'll address them. We did one already, but we're going to do a second one. We're going to do a second time. And mind you, we published this book in April. So I want y'all to notice something real quick. We published this in April. Where, where are we at? We in July. We at the end of July now. So that's April. We published it about mid-April, somewhere around there. April 18th, I think, somewhere around there. And you got April, a little bit of April, May, June, and July. So we at least three months in on this book. And you mean to tell me that these guys are going to look at one page, 53, <laughs> and act like one through 52 don't exist and the rest of it don't exist? The book is about 100 pages. And this is just preliminary stuff. This is just to get people caught up on the topic. And, 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 and I said, it's a, it's a compliment to the presentations. I was unable to attend the ASCAC conference. Whether I attended or not, we, we did, we, we wanted to make sure people could have something tangible to walk away. Not a little staple leaflet with a couple of pages. We actually published a book, you know, so people can, can have something that's going to hold, got a spine and hold, got pages, and it brings people up to speed. All right. It's not a pamphlet. It's not a thick book. It's 100 pages. You know, and the and the trim size is eight and a half by 11. So, you know, it's not going to be um, uh, thick. Of course, we could have chosen a six by nine and, and then it probably would have been 140 pages. Um, same info. Because of the size. But no, it's just a, it's a nice read. So get it, read it, get caught up to speed, then come with your questions. Understand, understand the arguments. We're not saying that Kim does not mean black. <laughs> We're not saying that the feminine form of the word Kim, which would be Kimit, but that's that's Kim in the feminine. That's a different word. That's different than the place name Kimit. Man, people got to understand. We explain all that. So, yeah, anyway, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And I'm saying all this now because, listen. <laughs> I'm not tolerating my toleration is done. I'm I'm not tolerating any any of this because because we done videos like like this is three years old. We've done videos. I've been teaching about demonyms, ethnonyms, toponyms. I talk about adjectives. Everything that they try to bring up, I've we've already done it. Like I know our channel is not as popular as as you know some other platforms, you know, and stuff like that. But go check out our archive. Check out the videos. We've done all this stuff. We explain everything. And and then when people do think videos like like earlier, y'all will be equipped to ask some good questions and be like, man, why are you wasting your time? Get out of here with that. You know, 
So, I man, I we we go through everything. I, I be beating a dead horse at at this point. Beat the horse, dug the horse up, <laughs> buried it again, and dug it up and buried it again. Dropped a thermonuclear weapon on it. Waited for the radiation to clear and stuff to grow again. A million years later, then shot it up again and blew it up again. Yeah, that's what we do around here. All day, every day. Real quick, Africa Emporium put up uh, two different words. One is Kemet, as you see on the cover of the book. That is the riparian country. Um, Because I want y'all to understand that the whole kingdom is not black, man. Even even geological or topographical, it's not black. <laughs> because both the desert and the fertile areas collect together as the whole kingdom was called Kemet. Stop mm -hmm. that. All right? Stop that. The other word that African Poirian put up is the word that is in the hymn to Senwasaret the third. As a matter of fact, I want y'all to do this, uh, Unc. So let, let me show this real quick. All right, hold on. Well, let me stop sharing. Showing the products, God damn it. Go ahead, I ain't sharing. Hold on, give me my thing up. Oh, you got it? All right, so I want I want people to see this, right? Um. I already told people that the that Kemet is the riparian country. I show people what riparian means. If you if you need more information, just look it up. All right. Matter of fact, there's YouTube videos where Africans, uh, um, people, matter of fact, people from Kenya, are talking about riparian because the government or some agency was trying to build some buildings in their riparian zone, and they were they were protesting against it, and they actually used the word riparian. But anyway, um, so I want to show this right here. So at the bottom, these three sets of glyphs are referring to the place. These are the toponyms. The one at the top is the other one that um, Africa Emporium made mention. And I know he mentioned this one because he put the Gardner Codes. This one is talking about uh, the abstract notion of the nation. These are two different things. These are two different words, y'all. This one is a place name, a toponym. This one is the national personification of the nation. Two different things. What, what we are talking about is the place name Kemet. We have always talked about the place name Kemet. We have never deviated from that, talking about the place name Kemet. That's why our book is entitled A Contribution to the Debate on the Meaning of the What? Place name Kemet. We're not talking about the meaning of this right here. Okay? But because people keep bringing it up due to whatever, we are educating people on this. This is a national personification. So what people should do, right? Do this, right? This specific variation. Ask the people that keep bringing this up. Ask them how many times is it attested in all of the Egyptian literature. Mm. How many times is it attested? Just ask them that. I'm not even give you all the answer. Just, just ask them how many times is it attested. And mind you, I'm talking about over a 3,000 year period. 3,000 years. Ask them how many times is this attested in Egyptian literature. 
and then ask them how many times the, these variations are attested. And I want you to compare. All right. As a matter of fact, I think Asar, uh, yeah, Asar had um, put that in the book. So if you had the book, you already know the answer to my question. All right. But anyway, I want I, I just want you, everybody to understand that. All right. So that's the difference. Above this black line, different word. It's referring to the nation in the abstract. Below the black line, it's talking about the toponym, the place, Kemet. That's why you see the uh, irrigation channel as a determinative. You see the intersection of a water basin for this one and the same for this one. Okay? Intersection of water basin. The Egyptian didn't have streets like that. And we're going to get into that bull, though. We're going to talk about that bull in the upcoming book. We got, a, we got a lot that we haven't even said, we haven't talked about yet. Man, no, this shit, that's what I'm trying to say, yo. Like people, that's why I said, listen, y'all, don't get it twisted. Don't believe the hype. Trust me, man. Don't believe the hype. Do not believe the hype. We got, we got this covered. We got this. All right? We got this. We're going to talk about all that stuff. All right? That's, no. why, that's why I don't have no turn up. True, true story. And I don't have no turn up because, I, I mean, it ain't nothing to turn up on. Anyway, I'm done. Uh. All right, man. Look, we out of here, man. Um, uh, shit. Let me see. Appreciate y'all coming through, man. And Garfield, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna hit you up in a minute, man. Look, man. Black African power, man. I'm a raw squad up, man. Y'all already know what it is, man.